We'll give the children a chance to return our people. If they don't, well, then we'll see. It's war then. What's up, Internet? My name's Nerdy. And I'm Claire Rose. And this is The Nerdy. The Wordy. The Book Club. Today we are starting my favorite word. Oh, yes. It's the <laughs> penultimate. Ow. Sorry. Tried to help you, you get that out of way there. way too hard. I'm sorry. Just seemed like you were struggling with that. It one. was it was clearly a joke, and you were like, "I'm sorry," smacking my neck like you weren't even on my back. Your back was on the chair. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I thought you were about to say it's your favorite book. But, um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you good? Why did you hit me so hard? I didn't mean to. It was a weird angle. All right? I'm sorry. That was just so fun. I thought it was very clearly a joke, and I just did not expect you to be like, yeah! That noise did not come out of my mouth. Oh, I'm wow. just saying. I want, to be, <laughs> I want to be very clear. There's video evidence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's what all what are we doing? Hi. Oh, oh, we're live. Mm, hi. What's up, friends? Good morning. Happy Friday. That was so funny. I hope your backyard is not on fire. Yes. Um, please stay safe out there. Uh, got a couple things to say first. Uh, Maris here. Thank you for joining the Nards of the Nerd Table. Thank you for joining up. Let's go. Uh, and Quark's Bar. Thank you for that super chat. We got a super duper chat. Uh, Sando heard through the grapevine that Nerdy thought Graindol liked died like a sucker, so he went back and retconned it for him. Thank you. Spoilers. You know what? Thank you. I haven't read the book yet. Wait. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Thank you, Quark's Bar. I appreciate that. It's very kind of you. Um, <laughs> we like talked like as a joke one time. Nerdy was like, what if, like, I didn't do the reading one week? And oh, I, and I tried to fake book club. And you club. tried to, like, yeah, fake yeah, yeah. book club. Like, obviously, like, it wouldn't work, but, like, how funny would it be? And I was like, you know what? I think we would think it was funny. And then it, the joke would, would not last the full three-hour book club. <laughs> yeah, I think that you could do it. Maybe. Because I lead the, like, like plot yeah, yeah, yeah. points the, yeah, the of the conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you would just be most, like, I, I think that like, yeah. if we did a whole book club where you just responded to things that I said... I think that would be less weird than me trying to, like, make up the plot <laughs> and you respond to me that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, we're, we won't be doing that. But um, I'm sorry. Is your back okay? Oh, it's fine. Yeah, it's the penultimate, my favorite word. It is. Uh, book of mm -hmm. the Towers of Midnight. That's book number 13, 14 for us because we did read the prequel. Yeah. New Spring. Good book. Great book. We're going to get into that, but people are like, you don't need to read New Spring. What are you guys talking about? What you, what you talking about? Bulin came back. It's exciting. This week was fun. Um, it, it was. It wasn't my favorite week of reading, but we'll get into why that is in a second. Before we do that, we have some housekeeping. What? Yeah, we got some housekeeping. Y'all, there's a couple of things we want to talk to you about before mm -hmm. we get into today's nerdy, wordy book club. First mm -hmm. off... The first thing is also nerdy. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what the first thing is? The first thing is that we launched a Kickstarter. We, okay, yeah, we'll do that first. We'll do that uh, first. Sure, yeah. The Roleplay Relay is coming to your eyeballs, your internets, everywhere internets are sold. 
It is a 168-hour, seven-day-long D&D marathon that does not quit. We, we don't know when to quit, and so we just decided we wouldn't. We're going to play Never. so much Dungeons & Dragons back to back to back to back. This is going to be the longest continuous game of Dungeons & Dragons ever. If it goes really well, yeah. next year we'll do a month. Um, uh, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm just uh, that that has not been approved by the wife. Uh, you don't want to do no no, but we'll do it in three teams, and so everyone will do eight hour shifts. No, so you can have your life. No, uh, okay, maybe never mind. if if we hit a stretch goal of fifty thousand dollars, then yes, yes, we can we can do that. Uh, um, go to the Kickstarter uh, because there's things you can only get through the Kickstarter. Yeah, uh, the, like Snapchat access. The Snapchat access, the behind the scenes, mm -hmm. uh, the signed posters will only be available through the Kickstarter or through giveaways during the stream. Yeah. Uh, we won't be able, once this, once we get the Kickstarter over with, mm -hmm. uh, we're going to have to order all of our posters at once and we're going to have to sign them and know how many to sign. Yeah. Uh, and so there will not be signed posters in the store. Uh, there were, if you want a signed poster with the whole cast signing around their characters and whatnot, mm -hmm. that is only available uh, on the Kickstarter, or you might be able to win one during the stream, but like, do you want to bank on winning one when you can buy one and help us make this thing happen? Yeah, eh? see? Yeah, you can be a part of this. It's going to be really cool. We've got one of Canada's greatest artists working on this, and I keep yeah. saying that, but it is factually true. He's worked with Marvel as DC, literally, like, ev everything. He is Gabe always... Gabe Sapienza is wonderful. Drawing. Gabe Sapienza, fantastic. You're, you, you're going to want some of this art. So consider backing the Roleplay Relay on yeah. Kickstarter. Yeah! Our second bit of uh, stuff we got to talk about is that uh, this uh, podcast is happening through the energy of Gamersubs. Gamersubs is our affiliate. Uh, they sell energy drinks. They sell water bottles with titties on. They sell t-shirts with titties. Look at these titties. They sell titty milk. Them, them some big titties. This is titty milk. That is titty milk. It is a strawberries and cream flavor. It's actually not <clears throat> strawberries and cream. Apparently it's oranges and cream. I My guess was strawberries and cream, but like right. I see it now. Uh, yeah. Gamersubs is amazing because they chalk their crap, not crap, so they chalk their product full of vitamins. And so when you get that <laughs> caffeine hit, the vitamins stop you from having that hard, hard crash at the end of it. Mm -hmm. And to that we say, thank you, Gamersubs. Thank you. I'm still drinking coffee because I, I have an addiction. You have a problem. Um, but uh, but I this will is what gets me through book club. Drink the, what's rest of her game of, I will drink the rest of her Gamersubs when she decides she has too much caffeine in her system. As we do every book club Friday. Uh, if you go to Gamersubs.gg, you can use the code. Code Clarus, C-L-A-R-O-O-S, for 10% off. Yeah. And thank you to them for being a long-term friend of the channel. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we appreciate it. They've got some new flavors that I really want to try. <clears throat> yes. Um, There's like a like strawberry lemonade one that we haven't gotten yet, and mm. I really, really want it. All right. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Dedzy, thank you for that super chat. Most of the chapters plus prologue of this book are penultimate chapters of their numbers, so you can use that word a lot. Great. At least seven more times today. I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it, love it. Uh, Colonel Sanders, yes, this is a chewy cup. Clarus, I think that's all the housekeeping. It's really just the Kickstarter. The Kickstarter is the big thing. Yeah, um, yeah. We're super excited for the roleplay, really, so we're going to be talking about that a lot. Yes. Not sorry about it. So, Clarus, I want to talk to you. Now that we're past the housekeeping, we're done in less than eight minutes. What even <laughs> is this show? What? Yes. How was your week? Pretty good. We had some friends here. You guys saw Robbie Last Book Club. I, I do love that. As soon as I was like, I, I let me ask you a question. You're like, I'm just gonna go get get on my phone. I I just made sure the stream was running in case I'm needed. Okay. 
Yeah, you know, just you just gotta just being preemptive. It, this week went really fast. It feels like it should be Monday. Yeah, but it's not. Uh, but we did the reading, and uh, I want to know what you think of the first eight chapters, uh, if you include the prologue, of Towers of Minute. How are you feeling about book thirteen so far, as in general? Um, it's definitely feeling like it's trying to bring some threads together, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, we've got um, Perrin and Galad coming together. We've got Perrin heading towards Rand. Um, and, like, even that in and of itself feels like things pushing forward. Obviously, we have Lan... Uh, we, we saw Rand come to Egwene for the first time in a while. Yeah. Like, like there's, like, that communication there. I think he's going to go talk to Elaine as well. Like, I, I really love seeing... The things kind of get like pulled into the pattern. <laughs> yeah, Arzu. You know? Arzu, thank, thank you, you for, for the... gifting five mambos. Let's go. Appreciate that. Yes, thank you. <clears throat> thank you, thank you, thank you. I turn um, that chat green. I will say mm-hmm. this week to me had some really amazing things. Uh, some stuff in the prologue I think is so good. Uh, some stuff with Rand that I think is so good. Mm-hmm. It also was a little bit frustrating for me. Because I feel like the um, relationship the timeline has with itself right now is detracting from my experience of this book. In particular, the parent storyline. Um, oh. The, the element of... <clears throat> because Rand is so far ahead yeah. of seemingly every other plot line, mm-hmm. except Egwene, obviously, um, there, there's an element of the reading this week where I was frustrated because I was like, oh, this Perrin and Galad stuff would be so much more interesting mm-hmm. if we didn't know that it ends fine. See, I totally hear what you're saying. I I enjoy when that's played around with. Because sometimes, here's the thing. If I didn't know that it ended fine... I would still kind of figure that it like ended fine because of how things feel like they're coming together. I'm more interested in how Galad and Perrin like navigate the in-between there. I kind of already feel like I know that it, it ends fine. So for me personally, I actually, I don't mind it at all. I think it's, I think it's fun because I'm like, okay, I know the outcome. How do they get there? Right? What, what the hell is Galad going to do with Perrin that like means that they're, like, standing together and not, you know, like, trying to fight one another. Like, I I, I just find the in-between bit more interesting than the outcome of this particular storyline. See, I'm in the position of I'm really tired of Perrin getting sidetracked with shit. So if you're going to keep sidetracking him with shit, keep it tense and don't tell me that this is another sidetrack that's going to be okay before we even get there. Like, if, if this was the... If this if Perrin had like been in a plot line that hadn't gone on forever already, I wouldn't mind. Right. But it is specifically that Perrin as a character has been in this like endless cycle of being stuck in the middle of nowhere trying to get back to Rand. Mm-hmm. And I'm 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 just kind of tired of it. Mm-hmm. And so then to have him still be in that spinning his wheels kind of vibe, mm-hmm. but in a plot line that is not even contemporaneous with the major characters and the things I'm actually interested in mm-hmm. moving forward. I I just, I, I find this kind of bland. Uh, it's particularly because of how little the Asunawa-Galad relationship had to it. 
Like that was mm. that was such a like. You thought that'd be more of a thing. I thought it was gonna matter, and then the the guys walk in and they're like, D "Don't worry about it. We handled that off page." And I was like, "Wait, no. This was actually a really cool." I don't know. Honestly, I I was kind of okay with that as well because. I didn't want it to turn into a parent storyline where they have to figure out some uh, extraneous bullshit. Like, I, Galad sure. brought people together, and then we didn't get sidetracked, and so I, I am actually personally kind of grateful for that. That? Mm -hmm. But we're going, we're about to do that again with Perrin. Yeah. Or, this is going to last forever. It's either going to be Perrin and uh, Galad meet up, Galad's like, hey, that's my, that's my stepmom. I, let's not fight. What? Why is my stepmom with you? Yeah. His stepmom's gonna be like, no, Perrin's a great dude. What are you talking about? And then boom, he, that's no, over. No, Morgan's is gonna be like, Perrin is kind of a traitor, but he's a good, good guy. I'm just saying, <laughs> Galad, Galad runs headfirst into Asunawa. That is resolved immediately. Uh -huh. Galad runs headfirst into Perrin. We know that it gets resolved because we know that so, these characters end up going to Rand. Yeah. So Arizu, uh, thank you for that super chat. Uh, is asking why you think it ends fine. And it just seems that, like, Rand seeing Perrin and Galad together in the same place makes it seem like it's set up that they are working together. Um, I, I think it'd be, like, kind of a weird bait-and-switch if it was, like, yeah, they had a meeting, which is the moment that Rand saw, but then they, like, fought afterwards. No, no, no. The, the, after, after Rand sees that, yeah. someone comes to Rand to tell him about Morghese being alive. Um, from Perrin's camp. Tam. Yeah, like we all we know that Tam does not kill Galad in the field because the, Tam shows up and is like, no, that's fine. We yeah. handle that. Tam, Tam doesn't seem to be very worried, so it it seems like things are go are gonna be okay. And so if, if that just, I think the writing of these scenes is really good. Oh, and that's how Tam Tam didn't recognize Morghese. But Tam No, Galad knows. is going to recognize Morghese. Galad is going yeah. to recognize Morghese. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and, yeah. and so there's this element of this where I, I, all of this is really well written, mm -hmm. but because we know that they get out of it, doing the Asunawa bait and switch and then doing whatever they're doing with Perrin and Galad, it's just sort of, it just is less interesting than if this had happened contemporaneously with the other plot lines. Mm -hmm. And I could have been like, oh no... I like it. They're gonna. They might fight, and yeah. I'm like, they're, they're not. They're not gonna fight. Yeah, and w which I know that, and so I, I, I'm curious about the how per personally, but um, I, just, I, I can see why it'd be like, well, I just want Perrin to catch up. I, I, I don't. I'm, I'm tired of him being in the past. That is totally I, I, fair. I, I, yeah, it is sometimes weird to read a book where there are like different timelines happening, um, because I, 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 I find that can be like a little bit confusing. But and um, Perrin's doesn't matter that much. If this plotline had huge ramifications for the war, right? If they were, like, trying to collect people that were, like, going to be legitimately a giant force of power. Oh, yeah. Both, power. both of them have the same end goal. They, they've got... They've Galad got, and Perrin are both like, yeah, we're going to go fight the Shadow. Yeah, and they've got, like, 20,000, like, regular humans. It's not like either of them are this, like... MacGuffin that is needed for the final battle. Mm -hmm. They're just they're just kind of walking down the. They're still walking down the fucking road. Yeah, and we know they're gonna be fine. So I'm just like, <laughs> just catch them up. Yeah, I I just I, and I hope next week they literally just chat. We move on. We just fucking get through <laughs> this because I I well, don't I, I I don't care enough. Yeah, for this to be five of the chapters so far. I I yeah. See no I I'm in I'm in a different boat. Uh, J. Eddie uh, Maldonado says, Sanderson couldn't, uh, thank you for the super chat. Thank Sanders you so much. said, Jordan didn't leave many notes on Perrin. 
Yeah, that's kind of what we've heard. That's and a shame. It didn't. I think that Jordan also said that Perrin was the most difficult for him to write. I believe someone told us that as well. Yeah, because he completed his arc in the Battle of Emmonsfield. Kind of. It's yeah. why it's why the axe and the hammer stuff doesn't really make any sense. And it's because parents are. And they arc- say that in the book. Yeah, yeah. Hopper calls it out. Hopper's like, what the fuck is the difference, dude? Like, It's how I feel about it, Dad. Uh, oh, parents' arc kind of completes in the Battle of Emmonsfield. And then it kind of just keeps going. Mm-hmm. Like, Perrin is just in this, like, sag boy arc that, that doesn't have an end because he kind no, of he has, did the thing. He has a new arc. It's And it's more about the wolf stuff than about his, like, personal life, right? Like, he... He became a leader. He saved his people. Like, that is definitely an arc. Mm-hmm. I feel like he is on a new arc of, like, the person that he became when, like, Fail was lost and how he's coped with that and figured that out. I think it's gone on too long, and I don't like how it was kind of dragged out. But I do see it being a separate arc for me. I, I, my point is that the, the arc that he set out from the beginning of the series with was completed. Yeah. And so they had to like they had to do something with him and the books never figured out what that was. Yeah. Like the the series as a whole kind of There is a hair on my face somewhere. Can you see it? <laughs> it's fucking pissing me off. There you got it. I did? Um All right. <laughs> Sorry. What were we Uh we we're talking about parents arc and that it was completed. Yeah, so so they ended it and then Parent goes away for a book because I think the series as a whole is like Perrin needs a honeymoon. Well, Perrin went home and he's like, what more, what, what does he want to do, he right? He his wife, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, And then you end up with this, like, this cycle. Let's get through with this super chat. Uh, Joe G, before it gets lost. Thank you, thank you for that. Almost caught up on book club, <laughs> book club backlog. Thank you for oh, backlogging it. All right, let's go. Uh, great discussion, insights, and chemistry. Marriage. Uh, about to read New Spring in parallel. The only one I've not read. <gasps> okay, you haven't. I'm very excited for you. We both really liked New Spring. I really hope that you like it as well. Um, but Perrin has been in charge for like eight books, mm-hmm. and his 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 thing right now is I don't want to be in charge, <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> it's been eight books, dude. I get it. Yeah. You're sad about this. Yeah. But the last battle's coming. No, I, I agree that that part has gone on a <laughs> there, bit too long. There's shit, there is shit going on in your world specifically that you need to deal with. And this, like, I'm just going to go live in a farmhouse with my wife. I'm like, you're Fael's clearly like, not. What if I don't want to live in a farmhouse? Like, <laughs> Fayel's like, wait, what, what? I'm sorry, we're doing what now? And like, even the characters are like, don't you think Rand is going to want all these people for his war? Yeah. And Perrin's like, then he can fucking go get them. And I was like, what, what do you mean? <laughs> that, that was very funny. Yeah, that was very funny. And so, I yeah, I just, I, I do feel a little bit, with Perrin, I'm just a little bit like, this plot line is A, not caught up with everybody else. Yep. B, I know how it ends. And C, it's just a- emotional wheel spinning from a character that this series has not known what to do with for a long time. Yeah. And so, and and he was one of my favorite characters once upon a time. I know, I know. And, and so I think that that makes a difference too. All of that leads together into this feeling of like, I don't care about this. Mm-hmm. I, I really don't care about Galad and Perrin's upcoming chat on the side of the road in the middle of fucking nowhere that doesn't mean anything to anybody. I'm actually really look I'm I'm really looking forward to it. I and I hope it's great. <laughs> I hope it's great. I just hope it doesn't go on for forever. Yeah. Because I am totally fair. Look, Galad seems very determined. Perrin seems very determined. I don't think that they're gonna waste time and mm-hmm. I, I don't think that Sanderson will waste time either. 
I hope not. So. Because every time they brought up getting stuck in the fucking mud in this book, I was like, that's how I feel reading this right now. I feel, I feel like I'm the one who's stuck in the it's mud. It's metaphorical. Uh, Rantomore, welcome back to the nerd table. Perrin walks so Jon Snow could refuse to run. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah. want it. I don't want it. Uh, basically. I don't want it. It's is fine. You, all, you literally already have it. Like, at this point... Also, fucking, we'll, we'll get to it when we get to it. Let's, yeah. let's get into the actual chapters. Before we do move on, though, I just want to say a big thank you to all of you who have commissioned chapter reactions. There will be f- five? Six. No, five. No, but we do the one for free. Yeah, yeah, well, that five, includes four, it. Five commissioned. I thought it was four commissioned. I don't know. There will be five or six chapter reactions in this book, so Y'all make sure that you're a Patreon member lads. or a member of the YouTube channel of the Nerd Table. If you here. want to commission more chapters, yes, um, send us money because yeah. we have a role play relay to pay for. <laughs> okay, all, all right. We, we, what? No, 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 no. We have a role play relay to pay for. We will listen to books for you. You know what? Okay, you heard it here. Never mind, Arazu. I was wrong, but thank you for organizing everything. Right now we're doing 31, 32, 40, 48, and 49. Yes, correct. So, uh, yeah, make sure you're on Patreon or a YouTube member so that you get those um, videos. Um, Ooh, Rantel Moore commissioned a magic puzzle in the roleplay relay. They're going to get, that's right, one of the <gasps> things, you can design a puzzle that our characters have to solve. That one is actually the tier that I'm most excited for because I'm really psyched to see what people come up with. Because it could be like a riddle, it could be like a physical like trap, it could be a, like... I, I don't know. I, I'm I'm really mm-hmm. excited for people to get creative um, for it. But yeah, thank you, Arzu, for uh, organizing that. Um, and apparently, we'll react to as many chapters as it takes to pay for the roleplay relay. Go woke, go broke, kids. Uh, we're not we're not broke though. So it's... I know, but I'm always awake, so I'm losing money. <laughs> I'm always awake. <laughs> well, I do have insomnia. But um, like what? Like what? What was that? It's not a Was that meant to be a it's joke? It's just a fact. It's just it is a fact of life. I know, but you said there, it there in a are, way that was. There like, are two facts of life. It was like supposed to be a joke. Hey, we have forty backers now. Thank you. Hey, Thank you. let's go. Did, did someone take the big bad? Oh, I don't know. No one has named the big bad. Yeah, yet. I I thought the first thing that would get taken is someone would name the big bad Cad Swain just for you, but um. But apparently not. Apparently not. Turbok, thank you for that super chat. I'm considering adding 30, 30, 37 or 38, seeing as my first choice was picked out. Well, I'm glad your first choice was picked. Um, yeah, you know what? Go for it. We'll react to either one of those if if you want to commission it, apparently. <laughs> thank you for that super chat, Turbok. Uh, Roleplay relay puzzle. Figure out Maureen's tell. Well, that That's where the campaign grinds to a halt. It smells we, like we, lilac and gooseberries. That wrong franchise, but close enough. Towers of Midnight, the prologue, distinctions. Lan is riding down the road. And then Bulin walks up. Is like, yo, Lan. <laughs> Lan's like, fucking Bulin? You, what the You're fuck from are you the doing? prequel. <laughs> <laughs> You're from the book. People told Clarice and Nerdy not to read that they really liked and are confused why people would say don't read it. And then one became two. And then one became two. Because math. I might be bisexual, but I can do that much. Uh, okay, things I liked about this. Because it's a great start to the book. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that it's the right start to the book. Really? Yeah, I wouldn't have started with this. 
um, because I don't think this sets the tone of the series the way that the first part of the prequel of Gathering Storm did. I would have started this book with Rand, Rand and, the and the apples. I I was just gonna say that I I love this I love this part and I love this beginning. But yeah, yeah I think that the tone of book of this book is set by that moment for mm-hmm. sure. Um, that was really cool. But we're not there yet. We're not there yet. We're, we're, we're not there yet. But but that but that is just how I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, <clears throat> we get a really interesting version of uh the Malkiri Hadori stuff that we learn about. Uh, yes. That Bulin has had his, but has uh, his parents died. His parents died, and he was never able to ask if he could wear his hadori and serve um, the the light in service, like of protecting, uh, yeah. yeah, protecting against the shadow. And so the uh, the element of this uh, that, that I just love, I I I, um, I just wanted to read this. Um, All those years ago, Bulin called. I hardly knew who you were, though I know you lost someone dear to you among us. I've spent years cursing myself for not serving you better. I swore that I would stand with you someday. I ask you because I have no father. May I wear the Hidori and fight at your side, Alan Mandragoran, my king. And uh, you can just tell Lan is like, fuck, Nynaeve, you fucking fuck. I fucking hate you. I'm never going to see you again, but like, I'm really mad. (laughs) But of course he says yes, because Lan is a man of honor. Yeah. Lan is a man of honor. I know I said die. I'm not going to like weasel my way out of my oath. I'm going to be, I'm going to stick to it. Um, and so, uh, yeah, no, I just, th- I thought that this was a really great way to set up the land thing. Yeah. This was, though, the first time where, just to be honest about how I felt reading this, I was like, this is very good. It is so weird that this is coming so long after he gets dropped off there in Knife of Dreams. And this is where these timeline things, I have no idea when this happens. Fair. Right? Fair. And I have no idea how long, they keep saying, like, land's got... a certain amount of time until he gets to the thing. Mm -hmm. And I don't know when in the plot this is happening. Fair, yeah. And I find that a little... Because we're coming to the end and because we are kind of like coming together, that to me, I feel a little unmoored in this book Mm -hmm. because it's it's bringing up things that I've wanted to see and that I think are written so incredibly well, but in a way that they kind of are... I, I don't know when anything's happening anymore. Yeah. Um, and there's not a lot of great symbolism used to, like, help me with that. Yeah. And this okay. was the first time when I was like, did Lan walk for months before he ran into Bulin? Or did this happen... Immediately after. In Knife of Dreams time for Rand, but we're getting it now. And and so that is where I'm just... Honestly, like, right from the beginning of this book, I was like, I have no idea when this happened. Yeah, yeah. And it's very important and it's very cool. And then two, and then uh, one became two. Mm-hmm. Great line, right? Killer end to the first part of the prologue. Oh, that should be our next merch drop. One became two? Yeah. Okay. What? It's what? This, this sure. a banger line. What about two became five? It should be all of it. It should be one became two and two became five. It should be one of those black shirts with the yeah, white yeah, text. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's just. And the and symbol. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. So we're going to have to finish that arc before we can make that t shirt, but I'm into it. Mm-hmm. I'm into it. But yeah, this was really cool. I like Bulin a lot. Uh, I think the, 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 the thematic, like, um, the, the theme of the prologue is what we pass on. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, and, and how we pass things on. Mm-hmm. And I think that it was just really wonderful. To, to see Lan be so grumpy, but also, like, he's still Lan, and he's still got honor, and he still knows 
he still knows what it would mean to Bulin to say no there. Yeah. And what, like, I, I, I honestly think Bulin would be like, eh, okay. And then he would follow him, and every day he'd be like, hey, can I wear the Hidori? Hey, can I wear... <laughs> like, because I, I don't think Bulin's giving this up. Hey, listen! I don't think one no, good, one no would work here. Uh-uh. Um... But uh, the, the the element of it that I, I just thought was so well handled was Lan's internal monologue. He keeps so hidden from Bulin. And he's like, yes, you can come. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But call me Adara. Don't fucking reveal that I'm Lan Medjugorje. We're not collecting an army. Wink. <laughs> this is where I think, I think yeah. Lan's Tavirin. And I think the show, the, I think this shit just never told us. Well, the problem is Swan can see Tavirin, so we know he's not. But I kind of like the idea. Have we ever he's... seen Swan and Lan in the same room? Um, well, I mean, she's been in the same room with, I mean. We don't know that. No, no, no. In the courtyard, more, no, Moraine and Lan are there when, ran, in Faldara. But we don't see Swan be like, not Tavirin. <laughs> she didn't say he wasn't Tavirin. Lan Mandragoran's life is insane. Yeah. His life is fucking nuts. Yeah. The idea that this man isn't Tavirin to me, crazy. Mm-hmm. If Tavirin exists, Lan Mandragoran is fucking one of them. The dude has had the weirdest, Fair. luckiest, strangest life in the in the fucking books. And he's like, just chilling. He's yeah. like, I'm good. Yeah. Yeah, he's remarkably chill for everything that's happened. And he's like riding to die. He's like, ah, yes. Yeah, good we'll get times. to that. Like, I'm like, okay. Uh, and then we cut to Perrin. Perrin has a weird dream uh, in which he's like forging metal shit. Uh, and then he keeps Your pulling dream. out the figurines of all the Two Rivers people uh, who have died since working for him. Uh, and he's a sad, sad, sad boy. Sad boy. And yeah. then uh, uh, he pulls out Aram and, you know, he's like, wow, sad. Real sad. Should have taken his sword away like a child with a toy. Like, I'm like, you, he's a he's a, he's a grown-up. Like, what the fuck are you going to do? Pry it from his fingers? Like, what? <laughs> uh, but this is where we get the great line from Young Bull. I get the guilt, but, like... Come on. A horn or a hoof, young bull. Does it matter which one you use to hunt? Uh, and Hopper, and the parent replies to Hopper, yes, it matters. It does to me. And Hopper's like, and yet you use them the same way. <laughs> Do you think that this was like a Sanderson edition being like, look, Robert Jordan, I, I see what you were going for, but like, man, but I don't get it. you didn't land it? it. I, I, I don't get it. <laughs> I just... Probably not, but like, it's funny to think about. <laughs> I... I find the metaphor confusing, and I don't think that the books have ever laid it out for me in a way where I understand what the problem is. I get it. I get the idea of it. You just can't really think about it too hard. Yeah, but the problem is that the books want to keep talking about it, mm-hmm. and I, I, I just, I'm not really sure. I, I, I'm not really sure I fully understand what the books want me to think Perrin's journey is anymore. And I think that it's why the show went with something that is much more obvious and much clunkier mm. in having Perrin, like, use an axe to murder his wife. Because it, it it's... Yeah. I, I, just, I, I, I think that the ideas that Perrin is supposed to create and not destroy... Yeah. I, I think... But yeah. he, he isn't creating anything with his hammers, so I don't really know. Like, metaphorically, I don't really know. Like They don't have a portable forge <laughs> yeah. with the army, so they should, you know. And he has people doing that shit for him. Like, he's not the one doing it. Yeah. And so the, this this metaphor keeps going on. And having, 
having Hopper be like, I don't know what the fuck you're doing, dude. And I'm <laughs> Hopper's I, like, I don't get it. I'm on Hopper's side where I'm like, I'm in the same boat. Like I'm not a fucking wolf, but I'm still looking at you going, I don't, I don't get it. Yeah. And I, I wish that I did. I wish there was like I wish that his narrative was tied into this metaphor better. Because mm-hmm. oh, I just kind of look at it and I'm like, dude, you're a great leader. Everyone says so. People love following you. You're, you are winning fights and keeping people alive. Mm-hmm. You're keeping people fed because Taviran makes the food not go bad. Huh? Yeah. It seems like that yeah. is how it works. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I just... Um, yeah, I I don't know. This is this is this metaphor. Just I I'm 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 looking at it constantly mm-hmm. and trying to figure out where we're going with it, and mm-hmm. I can't I can't put it together. Yeah. And I just wish that it was more about the wolf versus the human, and like the the weapon versus the weapon was less a part of it. Yeah. Okay. I think that's fair. Because it feels like a metaphor on top of a metaphor. I think that that yeah. might be what it is. I think that maybe what my 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 brain's issue with it is the 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 hammer versus the axe and the wolf brother versus the human mm-hmm. are conflicting ideas mm. because i would argue like the wolf's teeth are closer to the axe yeah and the hammer's closer to the human and by throwing away the axe because it's sharp he's throwing away the wolf but in throwing away the axe it seems like he's come closer to the wolf i'm just i, I it's cross streams for me right now and hopefully that it clears up soon yeah i i do think that it's a little bit messy um Especially because we're we're kind of like muddling through the whole like wolf brother thing. Like the like the more that Perrin learns about the wolf dream, does that mean the more like wolf like he's gonna get, or does he have to fully embrace it to be able to move past it? And that dude who went like crazy and became a wolf was like trying to fight it, and that's why he got lost to it. Like mm-hmm. I'm 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 not quite sure what how that's gonna play out yet. So yeah, this yeah, I'm just kind of yeah eh, about this part. Um. And the, the the dream's kind of the only thing that happens from him in the prologue. So he wakes up and he's like, "Oh shit, my, my wife is here. Cool, cool. Time to go about my day." Uh, and then we get the the I think the most shocking part of the prologue, right? Oh yeah. Well, I mean, were you not shocked when you were like, "Wait, what?" I mean, kind of. I don't know. I don't. Not really. I don't know. Oh, you were like, "Oh yeah, Grandel's alive." Okay, that makes sense. Oh, that part. Sorry, I thought that um, Galad happened first. No. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no. Uh, I was very surprised. <laughs> uh, guys, great what is, back. What, what did you think? I thought was shocking about Galad's storyline. I was like uh, that he like, you know, uh, got. No. Stuck in the mud. I, I was like, I don't. No, Grandel's okay. Uh, Grandel's alive. Is alive. Uh, so we cut back in time. Maybe. Actually, no. This might be contemporaneous with Parent. No, it can't be. No, no. It's with Rand. So we actually cut forward in time, but not to full time. But not to full time. It's a, it's, it's, it's a couple. We cut back to Grendel. The end of the last book. In her, yeah. in her palace, in mm-hmm. the Natrin's Barrow, mm-hmm. and she's looking over at Arangar, uh, who is there, uh, just fucking, fucking Delana constantly. Apparently, Basically. Arangar is just, you know. Arangar truly is no better than a man. <laughs> wow. Um, uh, yeah. But yeah, Arangar's like, dude, I'm fucking out of here. And Grendel uses the true power and caresses her cheek. 
And I loved this bit. Yeah. Because I know I did. I really loved it. I thought the like the idea that these Forsaken who are cut off from the true power but desire it immensely, mm. that even just feeling it touch them mm-hmm. would draw Arangar back into the room. Mm-hmm. Like playing with the dynamic between the Forsaken in this way mm-hmm. is so fascinating. Yeah, this and is cool. the desire and like, you know, Grendel is this creature of desire. And as we learn now that we're getting her POV, she really isn't as much as other people think so. It is really about her understanding desire rather than her feeling desire mm. that allows her to control other people. Yeah. And so in this moment, we we see that really clearly in her using just a, just a little trickle yeah. of the true power mm-hmm. to... To, to caress the desire out of Arangar and keep her in the room, yeah. which allows for all of these other things to play out, which allows for Grendel to be alive. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just thought that this was like very cool and, and set up Grendel in a way that she's actually interesting to me now. Yes. After this section, I'm like, okay, I understand Grendel. This, she's cool. I'm excited to see what happens next because we find out that Grendel is like, oh shit. Rand knows where I am Mm -hmm. and plays the the situation to the best of her advantage. We get to see cool stuff with the, like, her getting in the dove's eyes, like, being able to see what's happening outside, even though she doesn't have full control over it, which I found fascinating. She's like, yeah, the field of vision is is different. It kind of makes me, like, feel weird. Um, yeah, she gets dizzy and nauseous. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, she has Delana and Arangar put the compulsion on on Rem Rem Remshalon. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, put the, we put the compulsion instead to see to see what's gonna happen. Then she like follows to see, and that, lo and behold, Rand is out there just chilling. She's like, oh fuck, and so she fucking just like. Leaves Arangar to be she bail doesn't leave Arangar. She ties she Arangar keeps up. Her there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. it's not just yeah. a like she closes the gateway behind her. She's like, oh no, shielded. She's like, nah. Nope, you have to die. Bye. Because if you don't die, Rand won't. Rand think will think that, I'm alive. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, Sora, yes. thank you for joining the Narks. Welcome to the Nerd Table. Uh, last week you said you wish the Forsaken would get a win. Do you, do you count this as a win now? No. No, this is without a doubt a loss. Yeah, they still lose one of their own, but it does make Grendel a I would, much more interesting character. Here's the thing. It this this is a survival during a loss. But Grendel loses her seat of power, loses all of her people, loses another Forsaken, mm-hmm. and barely gets away. She has the 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 Somehow Grendel. There are pros. <laughs> there are pros to the situation for her, mm-hmm. right? Rand doesn't think she's alive anymore. Yeah, but there are the the, the cons. She the, you can't also, like call you can't call barely getting away at the last second a win in my opinion. But her also spinning it to Morden was incredibly intelligent. Did but you? that's not a win against Rand. That's a win against Morden. And we'll, let's get to that when we get to that against chapter. Morden? Let's let's get to that when we get sure, to that sure, chapter. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, I don't fine. want to talk about it out of order. But yeah, um, th- this isn't a win for Grandal. She survived. And I hope that she gets a win in the future. They opened the door for Grandal to get a win eventually. Yeah, because Rand doesn't know that she's alive now. But this is only this is only a success in that she is not dead. But she didn't win anything. She lost. Yeah. Um, I'm excited though because Grandal it sets up Grandal as being a legitimate threat in the future mm-hmm. in a way that I never felt that she was. I've always just kind of been like Grandal's fucking off doing nothing over in the corner and now Grandal's an active player and that is so exciting because we haven't had an active player forsaken in a while. Yeah. They've all just kind of been like and I actually want to talk about this. I think the biggest mistake this this series as a whole makes 
I think like the 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 biggest downfall of the Wheel of Time mm-hmm. and the reason why the slog happens mm-hmm. is the concept introduced at the end of the good books, which is let the Lord of Chaos rule. Mm. There is an L, there is a point in this series where the Dark One himself goes to all of the bad guys and says, "Do fuck all, fuck shit up." No, 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 no. What he says, don't. Just oh. just let Rand fuck it up. Mm. Don't interact. Right. Where he says, everybody take a step back and let things play out. And I, because I was thinking about it, like, why did things get good again at the end of Knife of Dreams? And it's because the the bad guys are actually participating. But in the slog, the Dark One is like, don't do shit until Rand is trying to cleanse the taint. And then they like show up and they get their asses kicked. But yeah, they're me- definitely more reactionary than they are... Um... Uh, like proactive. Yeah, and I, I think that it is. I think that it is what causes a lot of the problems for this series is the concept of j- just let Rand do whatever he wants. Don't worry about it. We'll get to it when we decide to rejoin the narrative later. Yeah, the more that Rand fucks it up for himself, the more like harrowing it's going to be for him. But but that that never really works narratively. I get what it's you're saying. Really, it's really kind of it's really kind of bland for a lot of words. Yeah, yeah. And it's basically instead of them having their own plans, they're kind of like, okay, so this is happening over here and I'm going to pull the one Jenga block out here to make things a little harder. Right? Like, they don't, they don't, they don't, yeah, they don't have like these big grand plans or like we don't really see like huge pushes forward. It's just kind of mm-hmm. like, oh, a little, little, little take out here, a little like uh, scotch here. You know, it's, yeah, I, I, I get I get what you're saying. And so now having Grandal be an active participant is so interesting mm-hmm. because the series needs it. You know what yeah. I mean? If you're going to have a series about fighting the shadow, the shadow needs to be actively participating in that fight mm-hmm. and not just waiting for you to be sad about the things that you've done, which is just kind of honestly like a slog to get through. No, I, I, and, yeah, and, I but, see your point. But I think that the books kind of set themselves up for that in a way that... Um, They've dug themselves out of now, and I feel excited when I read about the Forsaken mm. right now, mm. and that's exciting. Yeah. Like, I, I was a little bit worried that Grandal surviving was going to be, like, a dampener on my excitement. Yeah, when I read Grandal, I was like, oh, okay. Like, I, I think this this only works because, like, Erengar is taken off the board. If, if, if everyone survived and it was just kind of this bait and switch... I don't know if I would like it as much, but mm-hmm. I, I I think that honestly, having the win of Arangar being taken off the board, Arangar already kind of did some shit as Halima, like kind of, you know, was around uh, she, fucking shit up. Okay. She's not as interesting now as Grandal is. She gave Egwene headaches and killed three people. Yeah, but she also got <laughs> like Egwene captured, I think. Like she was like kind of manipulating her. Yeah, that didn't work out for her. <laughs> no, it, it didn't. But that's what I mean. Erengar is not as interesting a character as I kind of disagree. Now. I think the more dangerous of the two survive. Or, uh, the, the, they retconned Grandal being alive. Not retconned, because this was probably always the plan. Yeah, but they, yeah, yeah. They revealed that Grandal was alive, but I think we lost the more dangerous of the two Forsaken. Well, I think Halima. Everyone knows about Halima, but though. Hal- yes, but Halima had all of that knowledge from her time with the rebels. And all of that knowledge is now lost to the Dark One. She was intricately woven into that, like, sphere and knew a lot about Egwene. And I feel like the Dark One just lost... Yes, Grandal's still alive. Yeah. And Grandal's going to go on to do evil, terrible, interesting Unless, shit. Remember, they're but kind Halima of a, a, knew allied. Yeah, they're kind of allied. Erengar might have shared some stuff with Grandal. Some. Some, but I don't think they were together long enough for it to be a significant amount. Maybe. Right? Yeah, maybe. But then again, it could be. The timelines are so weird. <laughs> 
yeah, yeah. Right? And so, like, I actually, I don't know how long they were yeah. together. No, but. that's fair. Anyways, this part was really cool. Yeah, it was great. I, it, it I paid really off liked it. Uh, again, me. Brandon Sanderson's writing of the magic system, mm-hmm. the way that he wrote the weaves and Grandel using the bird, yeah. I thought were, it was so good. Yeah. Man, I wish <clears> I had an <throat> owl. I was like, what? <laughs> like, yeah. gotta keep an owl as a pet next time. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was fucking rad. Very, 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 very cool. It uh, worked for me. Sea Sting says she also led to the uh, downfall of Eridomen even without living in the capital itself. Earthrend said Eridomen as a nation is done. That That is a victory for somebody, but I do, it's not a victory against Rand, right? And and that's like, that's my thing. That's my thing with the active versus inactive antagonists. We're like, yeah, the, the antagonists were doing shit somewhere in the world, but it doesn't really matter. Like, I don't think that the 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 famine in Eridomen is going to be the make or break in the final moments of the last battle six countries away, right? I, I just, I, I've never gotten the vibe that that is what it is about. And yeah, Rand is like, I'm sad about Eridomen, but he has to move on because it isn't that important. Literally, that's what's going on. Rand is saying, this isn't that important. I've got to go. I don't call that a victory against him. Maybe he comes back now. I doubt it. No, you don't think so? We have two books left, and there's so much fucking shit that has to happen. I, I just, I don't mean, like, he goes there and does things himself. I mean, like, he, 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 like, comes <clears throat> up with a way to maybe, to help them. Or he, I don't know, he walks by and the apples grow. Like, yeah, it, like it could be that. But <laughs> well, like, no, I, just, I was saying that last night. I was like, Rand needs to just walk through, to, like, just, like, just spend a day orchards. going through gateway after gateway to everywhere food grows. Just being like, bam, pick this by tonight. Bam, pick this by tonight. Bam, pick this by tonight. Yeah, yeah. No, I actually, I, like, I would actually find that kind of fun. Yeah. Like, like, it's kind of silly, but I think I would like it. I don't know. I don't know. Um. Yeah, so, Grandel, very cool. Yes. Then we move on to the Galad stuff. Sorry, I got that out of order. <clears throat> yeah. Um. Yeah, Galad and his buddies are just trudging through the swamp. It's gross. Not a good time. Yeah. Nobody's happy. So he uses the, um, he does, oh, God, what's the fucking D&D term for it? Like he gives a rousing speech. Everybody gets mm. temporary hit points, and they keep going. <laughs> what? That's... <laughs> He's like, you guys write down my words, pass them down the line. I'd never thought about that before. But that is actually really funny. The like the because I've just can't remember what it's called <clears throat> in D and D because it's not. Oh, it's called the um, Heroes Feast. It's that's the something the of leadership. It's the mantle of leadership. Mm, that doesn't sound familiar. Uh, it's not exactly it's, bardic inspiration because there's a thing that no, you no, can no, no, do no. It's, it's at called, a short rest. No, it's not a short rest. It's a ten. You have to give a ten minute speech. Yeah, ten minutes. But it's speech. not. It, it can't be considered a short rest because you're you're not resting. Um, Oh, right. inspiring leader. Thank That's you, what it is. Andrew. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. You give a ten-minute speech, and everyone's kind of like pepped Everyone up gets for like the fight. Two d six temporary hit points, and I, I don't remember what. Uh, you can't be frightened. Something there's like a, that. There's a few things. There's elements. Uh, but yeah, no. So Galad gives. None a, of us have ever played that class, <clears> apparently. Um, uh, no, but uh, uh, no, but if you watch Critical Role campaign one. Oh yeah. Uh, Keyleth gets that. Oh, and cool. Gives. S- s- truly the worst speeches you've ever heard in your life. Oh, no. They're they're genuinely amazing until one where she can't speak and so she does an inspiring um, interpretive, dance. interpretive dance that must be seen. Like it is one of my favorite moments from Critical Role Campaign 1. Uh, the inspiring the inspiring dance 
it wasn't that Keyleth lost her voice. It was that Marisha had lost her voice. <laughs> and so she did an inspiring, uh, oh my God. That's guys, incredible. Watch Critical Role. It's great. Okay, cool, cool, cool. This yeah. is not an ad. They did not pay me anything. So, yeah, yeah. But I would take your money because we have to fund the role play relay 168 hours. Anyways, Galad, inspiring leader. They get through the swamp. <clears throat> well, and I love that it, it reminded me so much, weirdly, of um, the fucking circus guy. Um, Val and Luca? Yeah, it reminded me of Val and Luca's speech after the peddler got pulled into the ground. <laughs> And they were like, ah, oh, we don't know if we want to go for it, Val and Luca. And I was like, oh, Val and Luca and Galad have a lot in common. Mm. They're both inspiring leaders. Mm-hmm. They're, 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 they're very similar moments. Yeah, yeah. Am I wrong? <laughs> There's weird shit ahead of them. And then the leader gets up on a stump and gives a speech. That's all uh-huh. it is. Uh-huh. <laughs> and they both get compared to Gleeman in those speeches. I don't know why you're, uh, I don't know why you're laughing as if this is not a good comparison. No, no, you're fine. They're very similar moments. It, yes, yes. Anyways. You know what? You know what? I, I use calendar at you. But you Boop. can't unless there's another woman present. I so. will kill all of my friends to use my sword. What? Wow. All right. Dark. Priorities. <laughs> uh, so Bartlett, um, the president from the West Wing, uh, it leads them to the edge of the swamp because the scouts have found it. They're finally there. Yeah. And they ride out. And then God's like, ah, oh, Hey, it's a Sunawa. Yeah. Love that for me. You got outplayed. Love the questioners. Yeah. 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 Uh, he got betrayed. Throughout this series. Did I mention I'm betrayed? <laughs> throughout this spe- series, uh, Galad has been shown to be so morally righteous that he will always do the right thing. Yep. And that, up until now, has frequently been shown to be a negative. Yep. I'm so grateful to Brandon Sanderson for including this moment where Galad's adherence to what is right is shown as a complete positive. Yep. And I really, really liked this beat. Great. Yeah. A thousand percent. Mm-hmm. I, I I think it was really necessary for Galad's character to kind of get flushed out, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and because uh, I think a, a big issue with that is that we see Galad through Elaine's POV a lot. Yeah. And Elaine has opinions on Galad, which I think are totally fair. Growing up beside that would be difficult. Like He also did become a White Cloak. He did become a White but Cloak. But in this moment, uh, as the Lord Captain Commander of the White Cloaks... He realizes that he's beat. He realizes that Asunawa has uh, has the larger force and, and has the advantage. Yeah, he's not willing to risk the lives of people when, you know, he's the one that killed Valda. And Asunawa is like, We're, we will shoot at your men while they're forming ranks, which is not cool, dude. Yeah, that's kind of rude. Like, yeah. And so I'm actually not surprised how this goes for Asunawa. We'll get to it when the reveal happens. But... Uh, Galad realizes all of this and is like, take me, but do not put them to the question. Do not torture them. Let them, you know. And uh, it is fucking, it's a great scene Mm -hmm. that goes against every other, like, way we've seen Galad's righteousness be used in the series before. Yeah. And shows that it isn't always a bad thing. And I think that that, the, the, the dichotomy of that versus, like, how Gawain has just become worse and worse and worse and worse. Galad has moments of being great still. Um, was fantastic. <laughs> and it was nice to see him again. Uh, mm-hmm. It's been two books because he the last time he was in it was the prologue of Knife of Dreams. Was that the last time? Yeah, the last time we saw Galad was the prologue of Knife of Dreams, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's been a while. He's just been riding around. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Damn, it doesn't feel... Yeah, weird. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, great moment. Love mm-hmm. it. Uh, that we'll come back to that later because Galad's not Cause done. We'll in come this back section. to Galad later. Yep. Uh, but uh, yeah, Galad is uh, 
kicked to shit a little bit uh, and uh, stripped because you know what they've done it to the women so many times in the series. We it was time for a, it was time for a man to be stripped naked and Agreed. hauled off in chains. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like th- that is that we is need the to balance out the nudity, the gender's desire. Yes. Equally naked, please and thank you. Oh my god, this will be a lot of people's favorite scene uh, when the the like clothes come off and they're like hot. It, there's a oh my god because you know they're gonna cast someone fucking gorgeous. As oh well. no, I know, I know. There, there. Uh, for some reason, I've got this image in my head. I, I don't know if it was from an anime or something, but it's like someone like strips off and they're just like glowing, and all the characters are like ah. That's mm-hmm. what I imagine what's gonna happen to us when Galad gets stripped naked. Um, looking forward to it. Anyways, we get uh, Pat and Fane. Well, it's just a good moment for Glad. Right? <laughs> no, it is. It's great. It's yeah. great. Now that we're in these final books, I'm like, fuck, this show needs to get to this stuff. Because if we never see any of this in live action, I'll it's going to be so, so sad. I'll be so upset. And yet at the same time, I'm like not super hopeful. Mm-hmm. Or, I, 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 I'm not convinced I think the show's going to get that far. And like that makes me sad. I know. That makes me like real sad. Yeah. But also if they never introduce more Gase, then Galad's glow up doesn't happen. Like there's so many weird things. Rough. There's so many weird things already. Well, but we're um, going to be talking about that all of August because August we're going to be doing our rewatch of all of season one. Yeah. With there's, you guys every Friday morning. There's some new casting. So maybe if we have time at the end, we can take a look at that. But we'll we'll see. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or we'll talk about that next week. True. Um, when we can like have pictures on stream and stuff. True, true, true. Uh, we cut to Patton Fane. Remember him? Nope, I don't. Who he? I don't even know <clears> her. Yeah. Patton Fane. Uh, I don't actually remember the last time we saw Patton Fane. I think it was... Crown of Swords? Um, it's been... Uh, one, week one week since you looked, looked at me. me. Turn your head to the side and said I'm angry. Uh, I think it's been since Crown of Swords. I think the last time we saw him was in the penultimate chapter. Winter's Heart. What did he Someone do in said. Winter's Heart? Um, I literally, like, can't... He was but... in Farmatting. That's right. Right, 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 right. Oh. Right, they jump off the roof, that whole scene. Yeah, right, right, right. Okay, yeah. I was like, I don't, I don't What the fuck is he remember. doing in formatting? Hunting Rand? Because mm. he knows where Rand is at all times. Yeah, but now he's decided to kill Rand. Before, he wasn't trying to kill Rand. Well. But now he's trying, he's decided that now it's time to kill Rand. He's He's gone with a different tactic, you know? He's like, I'm going to go into the Blight and I'm just going to amass myself an army. Because that's what people do. Yeah. Yeah. But... I'm sure Moradin won't have any feelings about that. Oh, oh my God. Is Patton Fane going to be the one to take down Moradin? No, that would be awful. That would actually be, that would be so awful. No, I know, I know. Maybe he'll take out Demandred. Rand and Moradin have Demand- to fight at the Demandred. end of this. At this point, Rand and Moradin have to fight at the end. Yeah, yeah, Maybe, But he could take out Demandred. I, no, I think Rand has to, or no, Matt has to take out Patton Fane. The dagger. Yeah, Pat- no, you're right. Patton right. Fane used to be the most interesting character in this series. And then they kind of forgot about and him. And then he just kind of like, I don't know. I don't really know what's going on with him. He's crazier now, which is a li- kind of less interesting to me. I really liked him as Ordeth. Like, I thought, mm. like, Patton Fane manipulating, but not for the Dark One, was more interesting to me than, like, twitchy, like, creepy Patton Fane who shows up for a chapter every four books. Yeah, I- what was he doing in the White Tower? Like, did he I actually accomplish know. anything? Because I don't remember. Or with the White Cloaks? Like, he's not the reason Pedro Nile died. Like, and I, I guess that Padden Fane was the reason why the White Cloaks were fighting in Emmons Field. 
But this is a character who, like, the 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 setups of what he, where he's been and who he's been manipulating were always so interesting. And I, I feel like the payoffs for Pat and Fane have never been great. And it's a it's a letdown. I, I think that this character has ha, had so much potential, and then the it, it kind of just never went anywhere. After like the Battle of Emmons Field was great, and it's my favorite chapter in the whole series. And since then, he just kind of pops up, yeah. stabs Ran, and like disappears. And oh I don't yeah, know. he did get he did get the dagger, which doesn't really mean much for like our protagonist, but he did achieve one of his goals, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, he got the dagger in the White Tower. That's right. right yeah, right, right. but then because, he's just kind of because I keep thinking of the show where he already has it. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no, that's yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that there's actually a lot of potential in the show for Pad and Fane, putting aside the weird like whole like Horn of Valir part of it all, and then the cutting loyal. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That 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 part's gonna be weird. But I, I think that the yeah. character has some really cool potential. I just I I wish that um I wish that. I, I wish we felt his presence more in the series. Mm-hmm. I think that having him be the an evil force that isn't allied with the Dark One is actually really interesting. Yeah. And I like it a lot. Yeah. I just wish that we felt him more and it wasn't just kind of like, oh, he shows up and you're like, oh yeah, Pat and Fane is in these books. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of what it's felt like for a while. Yeah. Do you think that he's the reason Aleda went crazy? Aleda was never crazy. She just seemed to like be like a shitty person. Here's the thing. I think Aleda is a more interesting character if she is driven so hard by her conviction to her foretellings. Yeah. Then Pad and Fane comes in and is kind of like, and leaves. I like, I just, I think that that kind of diminishes her as a character as into more of like a puppet as opposed to a person who really truly believes to their core that they are correct because they are blessed with this uh, uh, talent. That's what they call it. Um, yeah, so, and uh, I don't know. I agree with that. I, I think I think that if you I think that if you retroactively are like all of that happened because Pat and Fane affected her, mm. I think you actually diminish one of the best antagonists. I, I think Alita is one of the better antagonists in the story. Yeah, right? and it also makes it seem like what the fuck was Masana doing then? If Pat and Fane comes in and like is the reason <laughs> that shit got fucked up within five minutes? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I don't know. Not my favorite thing, but it's it's all good. Dusty Wheel, what's up? What's up, Innkeeper? How you doing? Uh, Gotta make these reviews for this book. Reasons, I'll explain after you're done. No spoilers. Okie dokie, we've got... A lot of That many more pages to go. Dusty, it's good to see you. That's fine. Yeah, If you guys don't follow the Dusty Wheel... Uh, you all he follow is innkeeper. a uh, the innkeeper and that the, the everyone over at that channel. Uh, they make great Wheel of Time content. Yes, and we highly recommend them. Dusty Wheel, you're about to be very busy. Are you ready for season two? <laughs> I mean, so are we. <laughs> but we, but we, we always have franchises going on because That's we true. cover everything. That's true. I, the, like, I feel like Dusty's in like the. Early stages of a Rocky movie. It's like movie. training, yeah, training yeah. mode for when the show comes out. Because the show, the, the show is coming. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We didn't have honestly a lot to say about Fane, um, because because he just keeps kind of showing up every once in a while, and yeah. we talked that he was the most interesting villain for a, a section of the series, and now we're kind of like he's around. Well, and it's weird that he's around. And it doesn't, like, I, I was, I I think that what kind of let me down a little bit about the point of view was that I want to know how Pat and Fane feels about Mashadar being gone. Oh. Like, that's the, oh. that is the only thing relating to his character that I care about right now. Like, Shadar Lagoth got destroyed, so how does he feel about but it? But it doesn't seem like Pat and Fane is even aware of that. 
Yeah, it's it not hasn't mentioned. affected him at all. Yeah, and I, it's it kind of goes back to the the whole book we spent not talking about the fact that Rand just cleansed the taint, mm-hmm. and like there are things that have happened in these characters' lives that should be massively impactful on their like day to day. Yeah, and they just kind of ignore them. And so Sometimes. I'm just Pat and Fane is just looking for Murdral and Trollocs to work for him, and I'm like, okay, but like, but but Pat and Fane's whole world was affected when Mashadar went up in smoke, right? Like literally, it should have. I feel like it, yeah, massively affected yeah. him. And it didn't. It, it, it doesn't seem to have mattered to him at all. Yeah. And that is weird to me. Like, I was kind of hoping that Patton Fane was going to acknowledge that and be like, I have to go for Rand now. I only have so much time left. I wonder if this I, is before. Th- no, that would be way too far back. That would be that, wild. The, the, yeah, the timelines are already weird. I think that would have made it way weirder. So so for me, like, I, I would have appreciated, like, eg- Patton Fane has never not been trying to kill Rand. So for this chapter to be like, I oh, it's time to go kill Rand, I'm like... The last two times you've seen Rand, you've tried to stab him. Like, what, what, what were yeah. you trying to do then? I think it is cool, though, that he is, like, stealing forces from the Dark One. Like, yeah, no, and that's fine. He's, like, in recruitment mode. Yeah, and I'm curious to see how it plays out. This yeah. was just a weird... This this chapter, I was just kind of like, oh, yeah, yeah. Penfane is still alive. Yeah. We're, Can he please talk about Mashador? I want to know how he feels. I just want to know how he feels about it. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's gone. Yeah. I... Why, why didn't that affect him? We're almost on the prologue an hour in. So, like, we're doing this good. This is a normal show for us. We're, do, we're uh, doing good. We don't have a lot to talk about after the prologue, though. The chapters this week, kind of light. Let's be honest. Excuse me. We have to talk about apples. It was only 133 pages of reading. It was a light week for us. It was nice, actually. Um, Wheel says, trailer Gaiden is coming. Do you know when the trailer is... You know when it is, Dusty? You can't just drop that. I need to put it in my calendar, You can't please. just... That's not Thank fair. You. Yeah. God damn it. Uh... <laughs> We have one more. Also, y'all, apparently YouTube live chat is broken, so reset your YouTube. Just, Wait, what? Yeah, I don't know. People are talking about it. Oh, mine is, like, always broken, so I thought it was just me. Um, oh, my God. We haven't even talked about the best part of the whole the prologue. The best part of the prologue. Y'all, yesterday, at about 11.45 in the morning, in a Starbucks in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, while Clarus was getting her hair dyed red, I was reading the prologue to The Towers of Midnight, uh, and I just started to cry in a Starbucks and I had to get up while crying, go over to the counter, grab tissues and go back to my seat. Um, which was, uh, brutal. <laughs> Nerdy cried. Big surprise. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. this made me cry. I haven't cried yeah. a lot in this book series, but this scene fucking got me. Yeah. Right. We will get to the fucking apples, dude. We're not there yet. You know where we are. We're, still We're doing have two this in hours order. Of book Calm the fuck down with the apples. <laughs> Drop some apples. We in mentioned the them at the beginning of the fucking podcast. We'll get to the goddamn apples. Oh my god. You know the order of these things. We will yeah, get to it. We do shit out of order all the time. We will do it when we fucking do it. <laughs> Now I now I don't want to talk. Now, you know what? We're not going to no talk about apples. The apples. No. We're not going to discuss it. I will discuss it. Don't worry. Don't you worry. Um, uh, so we find ourselves in Heath Tower uh, with uh, Commander Min- Malinarin. Yeah. With the Night's Watch. Sorry, the Blight's Watch. Um, I, I, act, I, I actively cackled at that. <laughs> Jabroni. Jabroni. Thank, thank you for that super chat. For the super chat. Just started the stream. Usually I listen to it as a podcast while at work. Love thank your actions and all of your content. Thank you so much. We appreciate that. We Just do appreciate that. Good to have you here live. Uh, so, <laughs> M- M- Malinarin, uh, the, the Lord Commander of the Night's Blight's Watch. 
The Blight's... Do you think that's a reference to Game of Thrones? Yes, it has to be. It has to be. There's no it way he called it be. the Blight Watch. No. Because they're friends. Rob, yeah. uh, uh, Brandon Sanderson they're and buddies. George R. R. Martin are friends, aren't oh, they? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there's yeah, there's yeah, no yeah, fucking yeah. way it's not a reference. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, oh my God, Ranton Moore's getting married in 20 minutes. <laughs> Congratulations. Um, <laughs> so, Malinarin is informed by Jargon... Uh, which also like this great name. There's some great names great in this name. section. Fantastic. Eleven out of ten names. Uh, uh Bethany, thank you for the super uh, chat. Uh pretty far behind, but nerdy, the scene that made you cry got my wife into Wheel of Time. Wait, your wife read that first? Your wife read thirteen books of the Wheel of Time and then was like, now I'm in. <laughs> I'm three Wait. and a half million words in, but now it's got this me. This is this is the moment. This is it. Um, I, Jabbit, I know he didn't say it was his wedding, but it's funnier if I say that. That's the joke. That's that's the joke. Yes, Metheny, we're still in the prologue. Nobody is surprised. <laughs> I feel like that was a that was a dig. That got me right in in the heart. Jason Trainer, thank you for joining the Nards. We're never gonna get to the apples now. <laughs> uh, I got her number. How do you like them apples? Whose number? The apples. I'm glad you got a girl's number, Jason. Um, Happy for you. Be a good, <laughs> take her on a good date. Yeah, yeah. Go to a steakhouse. Steak is good, unless you're vegetarian or vegan, and then cauliflower, cauliflower steak. steak. Hey! We went to this place in Vegas that was very expensive. Uh, mostly because our friends were going, and we were like, oh, okay. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, they had a cauliflower steak there that was like actually kind of like unhinged good. Yeah, yeah. Goodwill Hunting. I've seen the movie once, so I missed it, but... Uh... Yeah, don't even know. Yeah, I've seen, I've definitely seen, I don't think I've seen Good Will Hunting. What? No, that's the movie, that's the the Robin Williams, Matt Damon, Ben Affleck movie. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think I've seen it. Uh, Metheny, uh, thank you for that super chat. Shock. She thank wanted you, to Metheny. know why I was crying. Big mistake. Oh, oh. You know what? That checks out. That checks out. Oh. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about it. Totally fair. Yeah, I don't think I've seen Good Will Hunting. I might have seen it, like, I'm when I was younger, nice. but... Because I've seen that movie, and I've never seen the movies. <laughs> I've never seen the movies. I've never seen any movies. So Malinarin uh, mm-hmm. is, uh, finds out from Jargon that there's a flash from Rena Tower. Uh, it's ba- Barry Allen. Uh, but they never followed up to say that it was a false alarm. Yes. Uh, which I love that they have, like, she's there's like, a contingency plan. flash is back, and, and check in to make sure that it wasn't a mistake. Um, well, you know, if, if you've got... A mechanism that can be, like, triggered by accident sometimes. I think it's great to have that backup plan. Uh, yeah. Turbok, thank you mm-hmm. for that super chat. Thanks. Oh, my God. You need to do a reaction to Goodwill Hunting. Maybe we will. I mean, I've seen it, so I don't know if that's... Yeah. It'll be like Full Metal Alchemist where I'm like... I just... I, I love... I love this version where I'm like, oh, yeah, like, if the beacons are lit and Gondor calls for aid, there's no, like... There's no way there's to no retcon just it. Just kidding beacon. <laughs> Just kidding, beacon. Like, Gondor needs a just kidding beacon. So does Twitch. Um, <laughs> sorry, because... Oh, because, okay, okay. Yeah, okay, okay, they okay. were like, we're changing our TOS. Yeah, shit, just kidding. Um, Dusty Will says, is this the first time you've cried while reading the series? I, is it? No, you have cried... When did I cry? We cried laughing at uh, Come On Her From Behind. <laughs> there were tears. No, in I think this might be the first time I've actually no, like cried. No. no, you said you said you cried one other time. Does anyone remember? There was one other time, I swear, that you were like, yeah, that, that got me. Um, damn it. 
I, I don't remember. Oh, Parents Family. I didn't cry Parents Family. You didn't. Though. Okay, okay. I so, may, maybe I did. That was so long ago now. That was Holy like a year shit. ago. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Yeah. Is, yeah. Oh, Battle of the Two Rivers. I cried during the Battle of the Two Rivers. Mm. I didn't cry during. I didn't cry when Perrin found his family. I cried during the Battle of the Two Rivers. It was. Um, it was all no, yeah, yeah. I remember now. It was the Battle of the Two Rivers when the Tinkers have the kids and they're like gonna run away with the kids, uh, and oh. everyone is standing up with Perrin. Yeah, no, no, that was it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It wasn't the graves. The graves of the family I kind of suspected was coming and like I didn't hit me, but the Battle of the Two Rivers I cried throughout that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, Ulrich says I'm so confused what you cried at. I'm gonna get there. All right, that, we're getting. What, we're getting. Guys, yeah, yeah. it's taking too sorry, long. Sorry. 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 Um. Focus. Oh, Swan and her. No, it was Swan. It, the uh, and no, Elric? There's two times because there was also when no when Swan and Gareth have the conversation after she gets her power back. And she remembers the, the feeling of losing of him. Her that fucking got me. Yeah. So yeah. this is the third time I've cried. Yes. Yes. Um, yes, yes. So uh, basically what is happening is Melinarin uh, goes around trying to figure out what's going on with these other towers. And is like, shit, ha- I feel it in my gut. This is not good. This yeah. is not a false alarm. And so he asks who is on the rolls to uh, be the messengers to go south. Mm-hmm. And his son is up first. Yeah. He, we, we, and he's he, like, oh, thank God. He was previously looking at the sword that he's going to give his son in three days for his son's birthday. Yeah. And so uh, he sends his son to send the message. And he tells everyone to batten down the hatches. This shit is real. It's game time. And then he turns around and his son is right there. And he's like, what the fuck are you doing? You're supposed to be riding south. And his son is like, oh, well, Timmy is four pounds lighter than me. And so he's a lot faster. So I sent him. And his dad is like, what? And then his son leans in and is like, look, Timmy's mom has lost four sons to the blight. Okay. I couldn't, I couldn't let her lose another one. I sent him. And I am like starting to tear up. (laughs) And then his dad is like, you go get the sword from the chest. And I was like, oh my God. And he he takes the sword. They both just stand there awkwardly, not speaking for like 10 minutes. Um, <laughs> it's really strange. All of this shit is happening Until around them. The and they're just standing there looking at each other. And I'm crying in a Starbucks. <laughs> and he takes the sword and he hands it to him. His son's like, I'm not, I. it's three days, man. Three, I'm not 14 yet. Yeah, yeah, I'm not ready. And it was the line where his dad, oh, I think I screenshotted it. And I'm, like, already kind of crying at this point. Yeah, yeah, There's, like, a, t- a twinkle in your eye. Oh, maybe I didn't screenshot it. No. Um, But but it's the line where his dad says, um, uh, you're supposed to get this sword when you when you become a man. I don't see a boy before me. I see a man. And he this hands... This weapon is offered to a boy when he becomes a man. It seems it is too late in coming, son, for I f- see a man standing before me. He held the sol- he held the weapon forward in his right hand. Around the tower top, soldiers turned toward him. The archers with bows ready, and soldiers who operated the mirrors, the duty watchmen. As borderlanders, each and every one of them would have been given his sword on his fourteenth name day. Each one had felt the catch in his chest, the wonderful feeling of coming of age. It had happened to each of them, but that did not make this occasion any less special. And so there I am in a Starbucks just fucking, like, leaking from all of my holes. Like, it was gross. I'm fucking, like, I was crying hard. And I was like, this is beautiful shit. And then the dad and the son step up to the parapet together and look out onto their death. And they stand there knowing they're going to die together because they fucking are borderlanders. And this is what they fucking do. And I was just overwhelmed. This next... 
this next session section chat chat can 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 call and respond. Glenn Peterson, uh, thank you for that super chat. <gasps> thank you for the super uh, chat. My first tear shed moment was parents goodbye letter to Fayil before the battle of the uh, two rivers. Fair. Good moment. You know what? That's fair. Uh, why do you draw your sword? Melanorin asked, voice so loud that every man atop the tower could hear. In defense of my honor, my family, or my homeland, Keemlin replied. How long do you fight until my last breath joins the northern winds? When do you stop watching? Never, Keemlin whispered. Speak it louder. Never. And that, like, yeah, yeah. And so there I am oh. in a fucking Starbucks just, like, melting. Oh, and I was so like, good. I met these characters four pages ago. Yeah, yeah, I and know. It's so, fu- it, like, this was one of the most effective. It reminded me, honestly, I didn't cry during Egwene's speech in the last book. Yeah. But it reminded me of the effectiveness of that moment. And, like, I'm I'm just kind of reading this going, Brandon Sanderson, like, man. Uh, like, I just want to read his books. Because mm-hmm. within six or six chapters, I guess, the two moments that I think that I will, like, stand out to me in the reading of this whole series. Mm-hmm. The Egwene's the, speech in the last book and this speech, this, this moment between this father and son here, just unbelievably beautiful. Like, yeah. unbridled in its majesty to me. And I just, like... Fully had 40 people in the Starbucks looking at me like I was this madman with my laptop out processing a video while I'm fucking crying over my iPad. It's just, it's so good. And like, yeah. I, I really believe we're never going to see these characters again. I think they're dead. I think so. Um, yeah. And I, 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 but like, fuck. Yeah. It's so, this, this moment, unbelievably good. Yeah. Truly, truly, truly. Yeah. Yeah. It was, yep. 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 Yeah, it was such yep. an effective. It was such an effective short story in this prologue. Oh yeah, it yeah. was like a couple of pages, and I was like, "Oh God, my heart!" Like it, yeah. And honestly, I think that this also sets up the tone for the book. Like this is the like this is the the harrowing side, and the rand with the apples is like the the light. You know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. kind of. And they happen back to back, even though they're not both in the same chapter. Yeah, <laughs> which I found was really interesting. But yeah, the. The shift in tone between one and the other was, um, I actually think, really smart. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I I love the concept of, like, manhood, womanhood, adulthood, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. But but in this particular case, this version of manhood isn't a date. It's, it's, uh... That that you you earn it through your actions and you earn it through your your character. Yeah. Um. And I think that that's really beautiful. And and so many cultures have beautiful ceremonies around adulthood that are about your elders. You know, like um. I I think a lot about um the Jewish tradition of like bar mitzvah and bat mitzvah. Ah uh, yes. And How much money can we? <laughs> that that element is a very like that that that's element a new is, part. I yeah, know. Yeah. I know. And, and like, look, I I've catered enough bar mitzvahs and seen that money. It's gross. And that is about that that part of it is the parents trying to outdick each other and whatever. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm grateful for it because uh, it paid my bills. Yep. But um, the the element of like sitting uh, spending time with your rabbi and preparing for it and learning the wisdom of your elders so that you go into adulthood with the wisdom of your people. I love that element of that tradition, right? Yeah. Um, and, and I think that there's a lot of, you know, I, I feel like weirdly like being secular and, and, you know, being an atheist and, and having m- my parents kind of have different beliefs. I didn't really have a like tradition of my adulthood. I kind of found no. it on my own. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's a fine way to do it too. But at times I do find myself like thinking about the, the values of the way that we pass information and wisdom and, and life experience down to our next generations. Yeah. Uh, and I, I like the acknowledgement that it isn't about the date. 
it is about what is passed down. Yeah. And so this this moment really makes it about this father going, oh, I fucking nailed it. Like he's looking at his son being like, you are, you are exactly what I wanted my son to be, right? Mm-hmm. And that to me is just, um, it's wonderful. It's, it really is wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. I have to be over here. All right. Bye, Carus. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Well, Carus won't be here to talk about apples. That's sad. Um, oh, no, you, know, you never have to apologize for bringing stuff up. It's fine. You guys are allowed to bring up whatever you want, except apples. I never want to hear about apples again. Uh, Kyle Franson says, reaction to Good Omens trailer. I haven't seen season one, so Clarus can do a reaction, but I don't want to react to the, um, I don't want to react to the season two trailer until I watch season one. Uh, so we start off chapter one, Towers of Midnight, Apples first. I personally think that this should have been at the beginning of the prologue, um, but it's fine that it isn't. We're doing this. Uh, Alman and Adim, they're looking out at a field of apples, uh, that they woke up this morning and they're all bad. And I'm looking at this going, fuck, the, everyone on this planet should be dead. There, there has not been food for so long. Uh, but uh, yeah, the entire crop shriveled and fell overnight. And so the the old, I can't remember who's older, Almond or Adim. But uh, the elder is like, look, guys, get to work. Knowing that if he can just keep their hands busy, it will keep their mind from the devastation of this situation, which I think is fair, right? I'm that kind of person where like, if bad shit happens in my life, I immediately start working on something because if I sit and think about the fact that I'm sad for too long, I become more sad. I have a I have a cyclical thought pattern in my head that I need to be careful to avoid. Uh, and so he, they do leave, they go to work, and he has the moment of realization where he's like, "And um, no, we're actually fucked. My this whole is, family's yeah, fucked. The town the is fucked." And he just kind of slumps over, and it's it's just. You know, he's just kind of like ready to go be with his dead wife. And, uh... Yeah, that was rough. I, th- 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 this was a lot. Especially going from the previous part into this, I was like... Yeah, I was like, oh, is Towers of Midnight just going to be God. the most depressing novel I've ever read? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of what I thought. Um, And then... And then he turns around and he's like, wait a second. Who's that guy? All No, no, no. First he looks at the trees and he's like, apple trees don't bloom twice. The yeah. fuck is, well, how are there flowers? What is happening? And then Rand walks up and is like, hey. Hey. I smile now. Yeah. Happy, happy, happy. I, lo- I love that he's like, wait a second. I gave you a ride once. And Rand is like, yeah, sure. <laughs> like, he's just kind of like, so pick oh, these apples. Oh, that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my fucking, from the first book? Y- yes. Holy shit. Yeah, from, from like, f- between towns for him and Matt when they were, like, performing. I was, like, he's, like, I recognize you because you're the Dragon Reborn. I thought he, like, saw a flyer. I did not put a together. Flyer! Well, remember how people were passing around his image from the battle over Falma? Oh. They literally made flyers where they were, like, the, the Dragon Reborn, look, there's a drawing of him. I saw this pamphlet about our Lord and Savior, the Dragon Reborn. Oh my God! Masimo was handing them out. You know, I totally oh, forgot wow. about. Yeah, yeah, all the way from Eye of the World. Yeah. See, guys, you have to read the whole series. You can't skip books. 
Except for Crossroads of Twilight. Uh, what you have that? to read the whole series twice because apparently you miss things on the first time. I'm there's sorry, probably... I don't remember Almond Blunt. No, no, no. I'm just saying there's probably so... Is he so... black too? Did I not realize he was black? Oh my God. There's probably so much that we've missed. Like, like so much. No. And it's going to be very funny to go back and be like, oh. Right. Like, like yes, because you and I have time to reread this series anytime soon. I'm already on the Great Hunt. That's true. Clarus is Clarus is currently doing a re-listen. Yeah, I listen while I like build cosplay. I still can't believe I didn't know Tuan was black. That was wild. That also, the response wild. to me revealing that I skimmed some of the description stuff was so like unhinged. But whatever. Um, I don't skim anymore. Uh, I have stopped skimming. Well, because there's not like pages long descriptions of clothing. Yeah, and the books are better. I'm sorry, Robert Jordan, but you, you you went off the rails, and now like there's no more spankings, like, and the books are they're so much easier to read now, and I feel bad saying that, but it is true. Yeah, it no, is I, time. I, uh, I, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> what? Three people in the chat just said thanks, Jackson. Nerdy stopped skimming and started traveling. That's true. Uh, hilarious. Well done. Well done. Same yeah. brain cell. Uh, and so the. He turns around and Rand is there, who is now, like, Jesus? Kind of, yeah. He just kind of walks around and is like, hey, man, hey. it's all good. I turned your apple Chill, droppings bro. into apples. It, it's very... Like, he, you better pick those quick because, like, I don't know how long it's going to last. It's a weird mix of Moses and Jesus coming back. He's, like, done some yoga. Well, but, know. no, but I mean, like, literally, like, Moses goes to the top of the mountain and gets the... The top of the mountain, yeah. The, gets the, 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 the Ten Commandments. He gets the rock. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so there's there's a weird, like, the, the, there's... there's This is the most Christian Rand has felt to me, is this Fair. Book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before, I, I... Because a lot of the Wheel of Time is very um, inspired by Eastern religions, mm -hmm. and there's a lot more, like, reincarnation, and all of those elements feel very... Um, very much like they come from the Eastern religious traditions. This was the first time where Rand really felt like he was pulling from like biblical tradition. You know how people sometimes put up like, like remember how like Ewan McGregor was turned into like Jesus in like a photo where it looks like him. I want one of Rand. It's oh. like the Jesus photo, but it's Rand. <laughs> we need Rand with long hair and a beard. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sam, thank you for that super chat. Uh, on a reread, you will get an answer to one of the questions you have most asked of this series in this section. In this section. Does this section? Oh, it might be like the who axe. killed Asmodian. <laughs> no, it might was be it like Grindel? the I don't axe fucking thing. Know. Maybe that'll get cleared up. People, they call, this is Zen Rand. Sure, yeah. Um, not one of those I Zen gardens. He's not really Zen. I mean, kind he's, of. He's, he's happy. It's weird. He's smiling. Yeah. He's like, yeah, dude. He's still not great it's at communicating. Good. We'll get to that when he talks Just to Egwene. Just chill, bro. Um, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Um... I don't know. He's he's too. The, the the I wouldn't say Zen just because he is too like ambitious still. Like he still wants to accomplish things. He's not just like mm. Zen to me is you're so comfortable that the world doesn't phase you. And I don't think that's what it is. Yeah. He is more comfortable in it, but he's still very active. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's fair. Um, I think it works as a name though. I love it's Darth Rand and Zen Rand. Yeah. I don't know what I would call him. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. It's just Jesus. 
Max Delpo says, I'm late to the party. Are we in the prologue yet? We we finally got out of the prologue, okay? We get it. We we got it. We 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 made it. We made it. Um, I, I think that uh I think that Rand I, I think the Zen won't last if it is Zen Rand. Yep, we'll see. Just Jesus works We too. shall see. Depends on how much Egwene pisses him off, I guess. <laughs> Darmok says, Nerdy over here taking the fan nickname super literally. <laughs> As I've said before, if there is a hill that I find myself upon, I will die there. <laughs> um, I will, I will die yeah, there. Yeah, haven't you? Haven't Obi you Rand been... Kenobi. I like that. This is Obi Rand Kenobi. We're, we're, okay, we found the better nickname. That's good, that's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and so Rand is like, by the way... Your apples are fine now. And the dude's like, what? Oh, what the fuck? Gather everybody. Pick the apples real quick. And uh, so Rand has know. to go on a world tour. Oh, did he learn this? Maybe he knows the song. Why? Because the song is how they made the plants grow. Oh. And he has his memories from Ruidian. So maybe Rand is just going around doing the song. He also has Luce Theron's memories. So maybe he now remembers the song. Oh, there's no fucking way. Luce Theron ever paid attention to what the song was. Luce Theron, Luce Theron d- does not know anything about growing food. Luce Theron never cooked a day in his life. You know what I mean? In college, he, he were, made a lot of ramen. He got Uber Eats all the time. Oh, no. All the time. He, he was the head of the fucking, like, Aes Sedai. He had people cooking for him every day. Luce Theron knew dick all about where food came from. Nah, he's never been in a field before. Unless it was the field of battle. <laughs> Fine. Okay, Rand doesn't know the song. No, Rand learned the song in Ruidian. He le- we, we watched him hear it. Oh. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, so Rand, Rand must be using the song to bring the food back. He's using the song to grow the apples. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, and so the apples are back. And he's like, hey, you have to pick those quick. Because if you pick them, they won't go bad. But if you don't pick them today, they will go bad. Yeah, sure. Whatever sure. you say, kid. Uh, and then we get to chapter two. Uh, Methany, thank you for that super chat. Thank you. Nerdy, if Darmanitan can fight in Zen mode, so can Rand. <laughs> that is such a very specific joke. I don't get it. <laughs> that, it's it's funnier because I know most people be like, what the fuck is a Darmanitan? No idea. Is that also a Transformer? No. Oh. No, it's a Pokemon. Um, oh. Yeah. Fair enough. But it has two <laughs> modes. Oh. Uh, like Zen or can be not Zen. Sure. Darn it. Uh, sure. Sure. <laughs> and so Rand is like, I gotta go talk to her, but she's gonna be mad about it. And I was like, who's it gonna I go it talk was to? Elaine. I thought it was too, because I was like, Rand's still not gonna just like walk into the White Tower. <laughs> nope. He's like Gucci. He's not even a little bit worried. But we don't get there yet. We get uh questions of leadership. Towers of Midnight, two. chapter two, questions of leadership. Uh Perrin is just chilling. With a bunch of people uh, until his scouts are like, hey, Basil Gill, uh, Basil, he's been kidnapped by the White Cloaks and they're ahead of us. And Perrin is like, well, that's. Wait, do they great. find out that they're kidnapped yet? Yeah. No, no, no. They're just heading. No, this is the part where Basil Gill is just like he- uh, a few days ahead and they went uh, they went one way, but that road is impassable right, 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 because right. of the scouts. So they're going to have to contact. They're going to have to regroup. Yeah. I'm I'm not going to lie. It wasn't very necessary. This stuff is all blended together in my brain. Yeah. But what we learn here is that off page, there was a bubble of evil 
where some snakes bit people and they can't channel anymore. Yeah, so that Maybe. we can't make gateways uh, still. Yes. <laughs> this is, yeah, literally just to be like, ah, oh, still can't make the gateways, darn. And this was, I literally yelled up the stairs because I was reading downstairs and you were working at your computer. And I was like, dude, did a bubble of evil happen that I just skimmed? I don't remember skimming anything lately. And you're like, no, it happened off page. I was like, okay. Yeah, yeah. There That's convenient. some snakes. I think that this might have been where the, like, my not loving this part of the book started. Sure. When they were like, we still can't travel because literally snakes just came and bit people. Yeah. And to, you're like, sure. Bubbles of evil. Okay. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Um. But I think it's obvious. I, I think it's obviously because the pattern needs Perrin and Galad to come together. Um, sure. But yeah, I was like, oh, okay, uh, very convenient. Gotcha. Um, but fennel, uh, which goes great in uh, salads, uh, soups, various other things. It's not my favorite thing, uh, but okay. He was really. You don't like fennel? It's fine. We use it a lot at Becco, and so um. I have fond, I have a fondness for it. Uh, but fennel's a dope dude who spent five days by the side of the road waiting. Yeah. And like, that's a good man. Yeah. Good man. Because yeah. he didn't know if they were coming. They, he didn't know if they were alive. So he was just like, yeah, I will stay here. For who knows how long, and in this swamp by myself, where the my, bubbles of evil might kill me. Yep, my what a guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, yep. Yeah. Good, good on you, Fennel. It's kind of. I don't know how long I would have sat there. I might have, I might have made it five days, but like I, like I think a week is about as long as I would have given. Uh, you'd be like, nah, that's it. I'm, I'm, I'm leaving. Can't well, because because there's a point where you're not going to catch up with Basil anymore, right? Like you're because the yeah, and then he if, just joins the big group. No, but the, no, no, but it, so Fennel is staying there not knowing if Malden was a success. What? No. Why? Because they sent them like a couple days ahead. They what? What? Didn't they send them before the Battle of Malden? And then no. they caught up with them later? No. Am I remembering that wrong? Yeah, no, I, I, no. Uh, Arzu, thank you for that super chat. Thank you, Arzu. The pattern needs to piss off Nerdy with Perrin's plot. Yeah, it's the pattern being like, <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think that, um, oh, for some reason I thought that in the book, isn't Fennel, like, I didn't know if you guys had survived. Survived? No. Am I, like, literally crazy? I might be. Unless I, like, misinterpreted that. I just thought that, yeah, they were, like, sent ahead and he was, like, hanging around to make sure that they got the message about what happened. Because mm -hmm. it had to be in person. Like, I don't think that, like, they left before the battle and were like, well, I, he's he's not just going to wait there until the end of time. Wait, Nerdy is right. Oh, I do not remember that at all. So, yeah, I guess he was just sitting there and waiting. Yeah, they, they, no, no, Basil took that, those people first. They fled. Uh, yeah, just in case. That. Yeah, because it was like, in case we lose, you don't want to be here. Right. And so, like, the non-fighters left and not knowing if they were going to succeed. And then, so Fennel, that, that's why I'm saying Fennel is a, a is G dope. for being yeah, like, yeah. I, I don't know if they're going to make it, but I'm going to sit here hoping that they do. Okay. No, that's fair. I, I missed that. I just thought that they that's were like okay. sent a bit ahead, but. Um, we also have, um, cell swords just keep walking up to Perrin's camp being like, yo, can we join? And Perrin's like, fine. I mean, I guess. I know, but yes, we have food. And everyone's like, how do you have fucking food? And I was like. Does Tavirinus is Tavirinus protecting the food? That has to be it. Right? I think so, to some degree, yeah. So then, so then in that case, because Matt's army also has food. Perrin doesn't know this, uh -huh. but if he were to turn people away and send people home, he is literally sending them to their deaths, and that makes that so dark. Perrin has to choose to keep everyone near him but because he doesn't his know. presence. I oh no no yeah. I know I'm not saying it's his fault. 
But I'm Scotty saying like, doesn't know. Everyone Perrin sends away will probably die because they're not near him. Yeah. The stakes of this are so high and they don't know it. Yeah. 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 That's, that's, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's bonkers. But he's like, nah, I'm going to send everybody home. He's like, send the two rivers people home. You know, send everybody home. Perrin doesn't know he's about to kill everybody. Yeah. It's sad. Sad, sad, sad. Uh, Galad, though, we cut over to him, and he is super naked, and he's just tied to the ground. Uh, and then uh, the, the but he his, gets up and cleans his himself. People, oh yeah, he spits into a rag to wash the blood off of his face. Hey, which, you do what you got to do. You do, but like, oh my god, that would smell so bad. Yeah, it's not pleasant. But... Like saliva when you haven't brushed your teeth in days is a is a pretty heinous <laughs> smell. It's not pretty. Uh, and then his people all come in and are like, "We offer ourselves to you." And I like that they all like get down on one knee, and he's just while he's naked, fully nude, and so Love it's just it. a bunch of men kneeling. So the smut corner for this week. Let's get to it early. Uh, <laughs> so glad standing there in the buff. And a bunch of men just get on their knees in front of him. Yeah, it's a good time. It's, it's a good, good time. time. There's just, uh, there's a lot of, they, they whip out their blades and everyone is just, you know, sheathing the blade in the tent, if you will. <laughs> Glad had a rough night. They've got to cheer him up. You know what I mean? Sure. Thank him for, they're really just thanking Glad for keeping everybody alive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a very grateful orgy. Well, yeah, there's no women on the road with the white cloak. So, no. you know, much like Alexander the Great and his army, they turn to each other for comfort, support, and orgasms. Yeah, everyone no. deserves an orgasm. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I was like, you could have, you could have, like, my they, 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 they knew he was naked, so they could have come in could've with a cloak. Could have brought him a robe, yeah. But they're like, no, no, no we have yeah. to make sure that we do all the ceremonial stuff when he's nude, yeah. and then someone will show up with a robe later. I mean, Egwene had to be nude, so Galad should also be nude. You know what? Fair. Equality. Yeah, light by full Feminism. The same thing. They all have to be naked so everyone can see their men, just like raising an Amerlin. Oh, so they all actually disrobed. Yeah. They just left that part out. Yeah. Everyone's got to whip their dick out. Yeah, It's right, right, just right. like college. Love that. Um... But yeah, uh, Your they... Your college experience was very different than mine. They uh, all accept him. And it's 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 actually pretty great because it's because of his actions. It's not just random. It's not Tavirin. It is because they're like, look, Galad, we all watched you go into that meeting with Asunawa yep. and do the right thing at personal cost. Yep. And that is the man we want to follow and not yep. Asunawa who is going to launch arrows at people while they were forming ranks. And I was like, this is pretty rad. This is, uh, this is a really good scene. And yep. I liked it. It's great. A lot. And it, like, speeds up. You know, I was like, oh, man, I don't really want to read chapters of, like, Galad getting tortured because, like, I'm having fun with the plot moving along. Yeah. And they were like, no, no, we're skipping that part. As soon as dead, let's fucking go. And I was like, yes! They did the entirety of Egwene's White Tower arc in two POVs. <laughs> well! No, it's the exact same arc. Yeah. Asunawa's in charge of one side. Egwene's in charge of the rebels. They come together. Asunawa is an asshole. Uh... Galad so does the right turn thing. On him. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. people turn on him. It is literally Galad got the full Egwene arc in two POVs. And I love that they like hate one another, right? Like it's like like yeah, the yeah. white cloaks and the Aes Sedai had the same kind of arc. Oh, uh, like it's That's almost the exact funny. same thing. I, I wish funny. it had happened in parallel with Egwene's arc because it would have been so funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um hmm. we cut to chapter three, the Amerlin's anger. She's not that angry. Like, I would have called this the Amerlin's like frustration <laughs> mostly because her biggest problem yeah, is that she is sexually the double, frustrated the double a well that's fair she's not that mad yeah like when i'm mad at someone i'm like fuck off i don't want to see your face and she's like yeah you can come in but just so you know i'm mad at you 
kind of, but I also want to fuck you right now. <laughs> and that's just rip not... Rip out your clothes, but also go away. Like, she, she's mildly she's mildly upset. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. the mildly upset is not as, like, catchy of a, you know, chapter title, so... Yeah. Why do you think Gawain is struggling with accepting her as the Amberlynn seat? Well, because he doesn't know Egwene even as an Aes Sedai. He, like, knows her as, like, a farm girl. <laughs> He's like, mm-hmm. he's like, you're telling me that the Aes Sedai that I know, like, because he knows Elayda, right? Like, his first touchstone for Aes Sedai was Elayda. Like, oh, my God, I'm so mm-hmm. sorry for you, dude. And he's like, he he really can't come to terms with the fact that these people would, like, willingly accept Egwene, right? Like, he, he I think he still believes he's in, that she's in danger. And I also think that, well, no. But she is in danger. Well, she is in danger, yeah. Um, I... I feel weird about this whole, their relationship right now. Yeah, you do not love Gawain. Because on the one hand, yes, Gawain's actions kind of sucked. But it worked out. In a, like, it worked it out for worked the out. best. Yeah, it still worked it out. It kind of went the best way it could have. Yeah. Um, Weirdly. Yeah. And also, Gawain is not wrong. The way he's going about everything is wrong, though. Which is why he's an interesting written character. Yeah. 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 Even though he's not the best person. It's just, it's a really weird, it's a weird dynamic that I don't know how I feel about. I don't like the way Gawain's being written, but I like what Gawain is doing for the most part. Not the, like, hanging around Egwene stuff, but I like that Gawain is, like, investigating and like using common sense to like get at who is involved in this and with who Masana might be and mm-hmm. it, it it is very strange because on the one hand I'm like this is the worst form of like a man who thinks that he knows what is right and so his woman needs to listen to him it's at times yeah but also he is right <laughs> but also I understand where he is coming from <laughs> and like yeah, it's it, it is tough. Uh, Waffles, we actually had this discussion uh, a, a bit ago. Um, Waffles said Gowan has always been unable to believe he's not the main character, and I I don't agree with that. Gowan has been raised his entire life mm-hmm. to not be the main character. Elaine is the main character, and he is meant to be the first prince of the sword, right? He's he's not supposed to be the one in charge, and so I actually I like I I, I don't I don't agree with you there. I think that a lot of the time. Gawain's problem is that he he won't be the main character. Like, before with the younglings and stuff like that, he was in charge, but he wasn't, like, really thinking things through for himself. He was kind of like, yeah, I feel like I'm kind of maybe being manipulated, but I'm not going to do anything about it. Mm -hmm. Like, he didn't buck up and be the main character until he finally left the younglings. Well, and weirdly, I feel like Egwene is handling him wrong. Which, I and, like, it's not really... I'm not, like, trying to blame her for this. Because I think that Gawain's actions here are cringy. Yeah, they're both a little cringy. But I think that Gawain needs... Egwene to just tell him what she wants him to do. Mm -hmm. And he will do it. But because she is, like, just upset with him... And not just telling him what needs to be done. She kind of does. She's she, like, no, she don't... gets there later. She gets there, yes. But like, he's kind of waffling because he's like, there are women dying, and you're in danger, and I love you, and I want you to be safe. And she's like, just don't worry about it. Yeah. And he's like, what do you mean, don't worry about it? Yeah. Gawain has been raised his entire life 
to protect the people close to him at any cost, right? Mm-hmm. Elaine, his 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 purpose in life is to serve and protect Elaine. That is what he's been raised for. Yeah. And he's kind of traded Elaine for Egwene here because he's not in Camelin. And so he believes like deep in his soul that his purpose in life is to protect this person at any cost. Yeah. And that's really hard to undo. Yeah, and but I, I do think that Egwene could handle this not not better because but handle it more to her liking if she was just very clear with what she needed from him mm-hmm. and i but but she's not and so gawain lives in this weird gray area where he he is re- behaving wrong right mm-hmm. like i don't like his behavior yeah but if Egwene is going to keep him in this weird limbo state she either needs to fully send him away or give him direct orders, but she's keeping him in this weird position that he's going to act out from because it's a weird place that he's yeah, in. Yeah, he's like, I don't understand what's going on here. Yeah. Which, uh, you know, we do get to later where she's like, you don't see me as the Amerlin, and that's a problem, right? But I don't see him not seeing her as the And that's something that I don't get. Uh-oh. I don't think that he doesn't see her as the Amerlin because he's coming to her and being like, hey, you need to tell all of these people what to do. He, weirdly... He doesn't come across as not seen her as the Amerlin to me. And I don't, that's part of what I don't understand about their relationship. Oh, okay. Because she keeps being like, I see it. You don't accept me as the Amerlin. And he goes, but in a conversation where he's going, you need to use your powers as the Amerlin to force these women to have warders so that they're safe. I think it's because, like, there is a certain decorum that you you treat the Amerlin with. He does, he calls her Egwene, right? He doesn't call her mother. He doesn't call her the Amerlin seed. He calls her Egwene. And he's like, well, you need somebody who sees you as Egwene. And she's like, you're right, but I also need someone who sees me as the Amerlin, and you don't do that. But I, but I feel like he does, and that's I don't what's, feel like he does. That's what's weird about their thing is like I, I think that Gawain wants her, or yeah, wants her to point him, wants her to tell him as the Amerlin what she needs him to do, and also have this private relationship. Mm-hmm. It is also weirder to me because I don't love what Egwene is doing here at all. I find Egwene to be very cringy in this section because of her mm-hmm. being like. I want to go to Gawain's dreams, but I guess I won't. And I'm like, that is an invasion of his privacy that like... But she doesn't. Sure, but she has in the past. She accidentally got sucked in. No, Remember she's, she's that willingly was... gone there in the past. No, she hasn't. She deliberately avoids his. She, she, she purposefully does not do that. She got sucked in by accident the one time. Okay. And has not done it since. I'm... I thought it had happened more than just the once. No. Okay. But she like remember she thinks about it, mm-hmm. right? And she has normal dreams about Gawain, which is maybe maybe where you got confused. Okay. But like when she has her like normal dreams, she says that Gawain often shows up in them. Okay, then 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 that's fair. Yeah, um, she's not invading his privacy in that way, even though she's like, man, it would be nice, right? I just I feel like there's so much more interesting shit going on in the White Tower, and the fact that this is what we're paying attention to is a little bit frustrating. Um, I, I don't like their relationship. I think it is very weird. Okay. Um, and I don't like, I don't like Egwene or, I don't like how Egwene or Gawain are coming out in this. Yeah, that's fair. Um, and it's just like after Egwene's like big moments at the end of the last book, I just wish that we were like following the White Tower in a slightly more interesting way. And I, I mean, we've got the parallel of the murders with Masana, And so it does seem like, the, like we are going to figure that out. Sure. I just would rather watch that from the, the position of other characters right now. If if we're just going to read about Gawain being this, like, toxic, needy little, like, whatever, mm-hmm. and Egwene just being upset about that still, 
and it's they're, they're just in this weird cycle and i'm like i i don't know i don't know what you guys need I don't know how Gawain can prove to you that he sees you as the Amaralyn. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that means to you. I don't I don't see how he isn't doing that. If you tell him to do things, he'll do them. He wants you to use your powers of the Amaralyn to influence the other Aes Sedai. Like, it seems like in his language, he's saying, you're the Amaralyn. Here are things that you can do as the Amaralyn. But then when she's like, stop guarding my room, he's like, mm, no, why? And because she's like, four women are dead. He, she, yeah, but still, he like he he, he should be like, okay. Okay, why? Like, you know what I mean? Like, oh. no, is kind of like, well, like. Dude. I agree. His behavior isn't great. <laughs> yeah. I'm not. I'm not trying to defend his behavior. No, they're both. They're but both I, going I understand why her being well. like, I need you not to guard my door, and him be like, four people are dead. Yeah. Yeah. Like. Yeah. I'm gonna guard your fucking door. Four people are dead, and then she explains it to him, and then he is, he he struggles with that. Mm-hmm. But th- I, I think it is the problem of Egwene keeping him in the middle like it's it's because if if he either tell him to go away mm-hmm. or tell him to or make him your warder yeah which we do get like the scenes later on where i like i think that i think that there's like progress made right? yeah yeah I agree. but but yeah there was there's some definitely like weird parts anyways the important that's not part, even in this fucking chapter we're talking about we the got, later chapter we, none of what we just talked about is in. i this know chapter. i know we got sidetracked because that was yeah mm-hmm. i just classic. Gawain frustrates me classic which I think he's a really well written character because of that. Like I'm yeah. like I we all know this person, <laughs> right? Uh, Nicholas, Nicholas Cardillo, thank you for joining the nerds. To the nerd table. Uh, why doesn't she bond him? She wanted to do it on the spot once she became she was an nice die, but now that she needs one, she is not until you do as I order you. Because she I don't says know. no, she says you don't see me as the Amarillo seat, right? And he's like, well, as your warder, I can tell you stuff in private. And she's like, you're not my warder. Like, dude, like, you are taking this a step too far and being presumptuous. And I, I think that, like, he needs to take a step back for a moment. I I, I think that they're going to, like, she's going to end up bonding him. And she wants to. But he's 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 pushing back on her in a way that like is inappropriate for the position that Egwene is in and she doesn't I agree feel, that, yeah. she doesn't feel respected by Gawain and i think that it would be very easy for Egwene to kind of like to kind of what what's the word for it she could she could disrespect herself and bond him because she like wants to yeah. without him learning that lesson. But he doesn't he doesn't respect her in that way yet. And they like they need to come to terms with that before they can before she can bond him because otherwise it's just like conceding for no reason. I I, I don't know. I, yeah. I I I think that it is presumptuous to like bond him right away without setting the terms for the relationship. Right. It's like when yeah. you get into a relationship with someone. And you find out three months in, oh, we, uh, I don't want kids, and the other person doesn't. It's like, okay, well, okay, well, we're not on the same page. We don't have a relationship that that works. Like they haven't spent a ton of time together. They need to negotiate the terms of their relationship before she can just bond him. I, Communication. I think that I think that maybe what I feel weird about is mm-hmm. that the the bond between Aes Sedai and Warders is so one sided in terms of the power dynamic of it. Yeah. And yeah. so Egwene going into that, being like, you have to understand that I am fully in charge, mm-hmm. is weird to me. In that, like, I'm, I would love for Egwene to be setting the path for a new kind of water bond that is a little bit more equal between the partners. And Egwene seems very intent on maintaining a, a 
power imbalance mm-hmm. that I don't think is very healthy. That is a whole other and thing. Has and led, I, I understand that. And so I think that Egwene's uh, like feelings about it are icky to me, partially because of Morel. And partially because of the way that yeah. orders are treated in the series. Yeah. And her her looking down on Gawain and Gawain being like, no, I respect you. I just don't think you're infallible, right? Yeah. And people are dying and you're keeping secrets. Yeah. And like her, Egwene wants to have a relationship 100% on her terms. And... That's the, why they're both, yeah, they, they both don't know how to negotiate, navigate this. Because, yeah. I mean, they're both like... Like, 19, you know, like, they're still, like, kids, basically. So I don't really fault them for that, but I think it's written well because it feels real. You yeah, I mean? but because it feels real, it is also frustrating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> God damn it. Uh, Caleb, thank you so much for that super chat. A little late here, but Apples First is my favorite chapter in the whole series, and I have no idea why. That's fair. It's a great series. Maybe it's how Bun thinks of his wife. I don't know. Yeah, I like the yeah. I like him being like, oh, I love having those trees in my yard because I planted them the day we got married. That's a really beautiful. Yeah, that that yeah, yeah that touched my heart. Um, that's the nice thing about living in the same place your whole life. Whereas you know, we've lived in three apartments the last three years. Uh, <laughs> Fifty six. Thank you for that super chat. Uh, sorry behind, but with all this talk of crying, I've realized I tear up way more now that I'm older and have lived experiences to draw upon while reading, watching. As a father, even Moana gets me now. That's so fair. You know what? That's, yeah, that's so valid. Uh, thank you for that super chat. But I think yeah. that I think that age can either, like, harden you in, in, in that way mm-hmm. or really open you up to those things. And um, I, I feel like I see... I think it depends on how much therapy you do. You know what? Therapy's good. It also depends on how sad your life is. Like, I feel like I cry a lot partially because... But it doesn't need to be sad. It can be beautiful. Sure, you can cry for that too. Yeah. But th- th- there are a lot of things that make me cry because of the hardships that I faced, right? Yeah. And like some of them I've shared publicly and some of them I never will, right? Like, but, um, you know, there, there, are, there are certain things that get me because of traumatic things in my life that they remind me of. Yeah. Like when we saw Kimberly Akimbo on Broadway... And, you know, the theater, the theater emptied out and I was still like, I was sobbing so hard at the end of that musical, I couldn't get up. Yeah. And yeah. the like, literally, like we were the last people there and the ushers had to come over to make sure ushers that everything was like, okay. What's, uh, oh, oh, sorry. And I just was like, it devastated me so completely. But that wasn't because of the show. That was because I didn't know it was the content of the show. And it was just too close to some real world shit yeah. that happened, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, and so I do think that as you get older, you have more of those experiences Especially as you get older, older, and, and, you know, like, you get into that point of life where, you know, people your age start to pass more. Yeah. Um, This is going to be, like, I guess kind of weird. I don't know anyone that I've been very close with who has passed away. Why is that weird? Well, I don't know. I feel like everybody they know has some kind of relationship with death. Everybody has a different relationship with it. That's, yeah, everyone you know. has a different relationship with it. But I just feel like I've always had this like impending sense of dread that I've gotten off too easy, and mm. that one day it's gonna bite me in the ass, and something really, really, really fucking heinous is gonna happen. Um, which is a whole other thing. But like, I I imagine that you know the 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 more people that I know who uh, move on, pass away, uh, like that 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 will affect me differently in media, right? Because yeah. I'll have a different a uh, personal relationship with it. hundred um, percent. Yeah. I, I I fully anticipate that, but um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's anyways. Uh, Fifty six. Thank you for the super chat. Uh, <laughs> uh so uh, Egwene wakes up from a dream. Oh, mm. we should talk about those dreams. Mm. 
Yeah, the dreams are actually kind of interesting. Yeah, they're a little obvious, I think, this time. A couple of them. I think they're a little less hard to understand. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Uh, Titsy says, I realize we're missing something today. No attack on Titan Trolls. They ran out of money, probably, or their moms took the credit cards back. Um, Where are those dreams? Did I take a screenshot of the wrong page? Oh, no! I did. You did? I okay. screenshotted, the, 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 the line that I screenshotted because it made me a little bit uncomfortable was, there was one dream she longed to slip into. She restrained herself, though her feelings for Gawain were still strong. Her opinion of him was muddled recently. Getting lost in his dream would not help. Fair. It would also be a massive invasion of privacy. Yeah, she definitely doesn't, like, like she, acknowledge She doesn't acknowledge that. the problem with going into his dreams. She just is like, it would be inconvenient for me to do it right now. Yeah. I don't have the time. And I'm like, no, it's bad for you to do it because... That is fair. Like, she doesn't do it, but maybe she doesn't do it for, like, the wrong reasons. Yeah. You know? Um, it should be the second page. Second page? I think. Uh, needed information on Nynaeve. Okay, yeah, I'm going to go talk to Nynaeve. That's good. Um, I found it. Um, so the first dream, uh, she sees 13 towers. Uh, one. The, the Forsaken, right? Yeah. She, she starts to dream about, um, Gawain in her own dreams. And then yes. Gawain is ripped apart as if made by sand. Yeah. Uh, and then she sees 13 tower, black towers in the distance. Uh, one falls and then another crashing to the ground. As they did, the ones that remained grew taller and taller. The ground shook as several more towers fell. Another shook, cracked, collapsing most of the way to the ground, but then it recovered and grew tallest of all. Ishamayel. Moradin. Yes. Or yeah. or this is in the future and there's a there's a Forsaken that is going to almost fall but then come back. I mean, I feel like that is the Dark One raising him back. But this says there are six left. So who are the six Forsaken left, right? Ishamayel, Moradin. Yeah, Lanfear, Mogidian. Mogidian. Uh, Demandred, Masana. Yeah, Demandred. Yeah, those are the six. Interesting. Mm-hmm. That's yep. it. Yeah. 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 Uh, and then, um... Yeah, I feel like that one's fairly obvious. Then it cuts to, uh, a, a nest of eagles. Uh-huh. Uh, and the eagles, one of them's a snake. Don't yeah. know how they couldn't tell. Um... Yeah, they probably should But I think that's actually, like, that. a real thing. That, like, baby eagles are stupid, and snakes will, like, hide and pretend they're one of them. Well, there is actually, like, a bird that will... Oh, it's a bird that does there's that. There's a bird that will eat the rest of the bird, the other chick's food, because the mom can't tell that it's an imposter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. That, that is a thing, but, um... Yeah, this is... I mean, Egwene even interprets this. She's like, not there's a Forsaken in the White Tower, that's the snake, and it's... Maybe. The other. I, th- I think so. I, or it's a gray man. I think it's Masana. I don't know. A gray man? A snake gray man? I think that makes sense to me. Because you can't tell that it's among you. Yeah, but they talked about it later. It it seems like Gawain is like, it's a gray man. And Gawain is like, no, it's not. I'm just saying that Masana doesn't seem like the kind of person to get her hands dirty to me. I, I think she's in the White Tower, but I wouldn't be surprised if she wasn't the one going around stabbing people. Hmm. If you have access to gray men, why would you put yourself at risk like that? Maybe she doesn't have access to Greenman. Like she's not really in favor. Oh, true, true, right true, true, now, true. right? That's a good point. She, she kind of. Mm, um, mm. and so then the vision changes again, and she sees an enormous sphere made of the finest crystal. It sparkled in the light of twenty-three enormous stars shining down on it, where it sat on a dark hilltop. There were cracks in it, and it was being held together by ropes. What do you think that is? Egwene thinks that it's the seal on the Dark One's prison. I don't know where 23 comes from, though. I don't know either. 
This was the one where I was like, is someone trying to like put the Choden call back together? Oh, because it's a crystal thing? Well, because it's a giant crystal sphere that's being held, right? That uh, broke when Rand used it. Oh, like maybe Rand has to use his chode to break the prison? Chode's already gone. His chode is gone. Oh, right. He got rid of that. Yeah. Right, right, right. Um, this was the one where I was like, because the number 23 seems so important to that, but I don't, I can't think of any other instances of the number 23 in the series. This is going to sound like really weird. Okay. I love maybe, when you go weird. Ben. Maybe it's a two and a three. And the three is the three people needed to wield Kalendor, and the two people are the people that have to wield the the chodes. Okay, the chodes are gone. Yes, but... They're both gone. Sure, but we don't know that they can't come back. We, we know that there are, like, stores of... So you... <laughs> I, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's an idea, okay? I don't actually think that it's true, but I was like... This could be So you think there are 23 sides to a crystal to imply that you need two people to use chodes and three people to yes. use calendar. That's math. You are now That's fully in works. the Jim Carrey movie 23. But but if but if the chapter has 200 words on it and the next chapter is 300, it's 23. Yeah, no, I fucking... Okay, that well, Clarus has lost it. That movie is I Actually, you know why this stands out to me? is because it is 23 and it's the number 23 in that movie. Yes. And I'm like, fuck, now I'm doing 23 fucking conspiracies. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, And then uh, she cuts to Rand, who's walking uh, up a hill with a woodsman's axe, uh, and then he swings it at the ropes and chops them free. Oh, Oh my god, I'm so dumb. Those what? are the same thing. What? I I read this so wrong. Oh, that they were two I thought they were two lines. separate visions. No, oh. this is about Rand breaking the chode. She's having visions of things that already happened. Oh, you think it's breaking the chode, not the seals? Yeah, because she already broke the the giant crystal thing is the chode. Uh, I, I thought these were two oh, different okay. visions in my head. Gotcha. I read this wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm dumb. I'm sorry, chat. Oh, no, I think that's I, I like. So she's just she's just this. These aren't even foretellings. These are just things that are like happened yesterday. But she, when they talk about breaking the seals, remembers that the, the chode. So it's gonna like she is interpreting it. But she doesn't know seals. that the chode is gone. No, but uh, but mm-hmm. she, she's doing a, she's pulling in Aleda and she's interpreting it in the way that she thinks. Because Egwene is not really part of the story right now and needs to get back involved. No, no, no I'm not. That's not a joke. Egwene is like actively. Uh, Egwene, She's doing her own thing. No, but Egwene doesn't know what's going on in the do rest my of the world. Own thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's why, like, it's why the meeting with Rand is so funny to me because Rand comes into it with all of the information, and Egwene is like, "But we need to tell you what." To, uh, wait, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like she is the 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 splitting of the White Tower has put the Aes Sedai at such a major disadvantage in the global conflict because they are so unaware of the situation everywhere else in the world. Yeah. Right? They are they are so lopped off. Be, and be, part of it is that their eyes and ears have been split between two different teams. And so they've been feeding each other false information and there's been lies. And, like, they're literally in this position where Egwene wants to be this, like, force for good, but she does not know what the situation is anywhere. Mm-hmm. She's so behind. And so for her to be, like, involved, she has so much catching up to do. Yeah. Because there's a lot she doesn't know. Yeah. She's going to go talk to Nynaeve, though. That's good. And Elaine, like, she's getting back involved. I'm so excited for that Nynaeve conversation. <laughs> I want it so bad. <laughs> yup. Yup. This, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sean says, this is the chapter where Egwene threw away all the goodwill she built up with me in the last book. Her plans to handle the Wise ones, Rand, and even Nynaeve and Elaine drove me crazy. Uh, they haven't driven me crazy yet, but I'm very nervous. 
Um, I am very nervous. Um, Will is asking if they can tell us the theory about this dream. It's interesting, but not that impactful, and we'll probably never come back to it. Yeah. Sure. Why not? If you like, no, it doesn't spoil the end of the book. I, you, I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. down yeah. to hear your theories. Yeah. Come I feel on. like these ones are fairly straightforward, but um, explains the number twenty-three. Okay. Cool. Then yeah, yeah, drop it in the chat and we'll read it. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Right now, I don't fucking know. Like, so uh, Swan is uh, chilling. And uh, they runs into Sayrin, who she likes now. She didn't like her yeah. when she was Amerlin because she wasn't allowed to have friends. Yeah, but which, now she's like, hey, we're cool. It's just a really big problem with the Aes. The Aes Sedai power structure is really bad. Yeah, and it's Swan really acknowledges bad. that. Yeah. Um, and then Gareth comes up and, uh, God, these two are so fucking horny when they're standing next to each other. I know. It's we don't even need so to add insane. Like, I'm like, like, what? what is it that he says? Um... I don't even remember. But like Gawain or Gareth makes her so fucking horny. It's <laughs> legitimately shocking. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh I think it's right here. Nailed it. Oh, he oh yeah, yeah. He's like, I'm proud of you. And she's like, nah, your sentimentality's gonna drown me one day. Ew, You're gross. such a buffoon. Yeah, yeah. And then he gets like real, like kind, and he's saying some like really good um. He's very sweet. Uh, sweet, and then yeah, they're just they're just they just need to fuck more. And I know they are they're probably fucking, but probably, like, yeah, yeah. god damn, they're also busy, you know. Yeah. Uh, Emma says there are seven Adras and three sitters, plus a keeper, plus an Amerlin, which equals twenty three. This is about the White Tower and its purpose in the last battle, and after Egwene's Rita won't have one. I wondered if it had anything to do with the sitters because I was like, oh. I don't remember how many sitters there are in total. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, that could. That's an insane amount of math to get there, though. Yeah, and I, I did. It has know twenty three sides because there's three times seven plus one plus one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that makes sense. That's uh, cool. I also I like so uh, Brian does walk up and Swan is like, "Did you see him?" And Brian's like, "Yeah." And she's like, "How <laughs> did he look?" And he's like, "I don't know, chill." He seems super cool, and Swan's like, "That can't be right." And then Rand walks in and is like, "Hey, thanks for uh, taking that arrow well, for but, me." But Gareth says, uh, "I don't know. He seemed like an Isodai." And yeah. Swan's like. So I was like, wow. what do you mean by that, Gariv? Yeah, she goes all fucking Baba Yaga. Yeah, and so Rand walks up, and Rand is fucking, like, full-on Jesus. He's He might as well be played by Robert Downey Jr. from this point on. Yeah. You know what like, I mean? He's, like, walking up. He's making jokes. He's quipping. Yeah. But he's, like, yeah, he's, like, thank he's like, you for taking arrow for me. He's, like, look, uh, thank you for doing that thing for me. I know it was on purpose, but I think I should thank you. No, but Swan is, like, like <laughs> I don't, I didn't. It wasn't my intention. And he's like, I, I don't care. This, I appreciate it. Still still kind of you, you know? And he walks into the room with a banger last line of, hey, calm her down when I'm done riling her up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I love that he's just like, he's like, look, I only have four minutes and 57 seconds, and then I need to leave. <laughs> that And I found this frustrating. For the same reason that I struggled with the, um, for the same reason that I struggled with the moment in, um, with Tuan. Where, like, their meeting is so short. And it's so important. It's like nobody was like, hey, we could put another five minutes into this. Yeah. Rand literally comes in and is like, hi, my name's Randall Thor. I have all of Luce Theron's memories. I will see you in a month, and then we're going to war with the Dark One. Goodbye. And Egwene is like, okay. Dope. And Rand leaves. And I was like, I feel like you could have, this could have, you could have sat down for an hour. You could have had a full conversation. You could have shared a little bit more with Egwene. Like, I, I feel like a, Gwain, a Rand could have actually shown more power in the scene by 
being like, hey, you've been out of the loop for a while dealing with this. Uh, let me catch you up to speed on what's going on in the world. Yeah. And shown everyone that he is more tapped in than she is. Right? Like, the, 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 he could have had a bigger power play here. But I don't think But that he was just kind of, like, shows up and leaves. That wasn't his intention, though. I don't think... I don't think he went there to show, swing his dick around and intimidate. He went there, like, as, like, a peace offering. I'm not uh, saying swing his dick around. I mean, that would kind of... It could be interpreted that way if he was like, well, I know all of this stuff, right? Let Egwene figure it out. Don't, like, lord over her. Uh, but I don't think it's lording over. I think that, I think that it is... Entering a, entering a relationship that he knows they have to have by acknowledging that she is going... By, by just being like, hey, I, I understand what the White Tower is. Because he yeah. does. If they were, you need to know that like if you're joining the good guys, we're equals. If they were going to do that, I think Ren would have had to been like, can I speak to you alone? Doing it in front of everybody kind of would feel a little bit like presentational. I think uh, them having a conversation by themselves it would be the right way to handle that. But yeah, he's like, basically, I got no time. We'll talk about the bonding thing later. Just wanted to say hi. I'll gonna break off. the seals. Gonna go break the seals. Bye. Yeah. It's like, wow, okay. And Rand comes off really impressive throughout the whole thing. I really like the way all of it's written. Yeah. It's just a little short. And I think that he could have given yeah. her a little bit more time. Yeah. I think he encourages Egwene. I, I think Egwene is going to behave poorly. And I think that Rand encourages it here by being almost dismissive of her by keeping it so short. Yeah. I think that honestly, by 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 making this encounter so condensed, mm-hmm. Egwene looks like she's brushed off a little bit. And it looks like a slight in a way. Yeah. Um so so I don't know. I, I think that like I don't know that there's a perfect way this could have gone. Mm-hmm. I just think that like there's downsides to both. And I think that this the, the downside to this is that everyone's gonna kind of look like it like Egwene was told where to be. By someone who walked in, told her where to be, and walked out. Yeah. And I don't know that this looks great for Gwen. And I think that Rand could have made Gwen look better here if he really wanted her on his side. Sure, yeah. I do love that, like, all the Aes Sedai afterwards are like, how could you speak? Because it's like, Taviranus just, mm-hmm. like, fucking shut him down. Well, and I also, I love that, like, everyone's like, Rand is going to show up and be insane. And everyone's just shocked that he's like, no, nah, I'm good. I, I know what your favorite part is, though. I don't know. What your your about. favorite part of this section is that Rand is like, oh, you know, I'm gonna have to like unbanish Cat Swain. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And Cat Swain's gonna get to be like, see, it worked. My plan was great all along. I hope that Cat Swain is like, I, yeah, a completely fucking different character moving forward. Well, I mean, I'm just exhausted by her. Yeah, that's gonna be fun to deal with. I don't know. I think there is potential for her character to be like. Well, it isn't actually how I wanted it to go. I'm glad that it worked, but like, I'm sorry, and I don't, I don't know if. <laughs> ah. You think Cat Swain is gonna apologize? Maybe. That might be. You know what? People are Your 23 theory is less ridiculous than what you just said. Cat Swain's not gonna fucking <laughs> apologize. She's not gonna learn her lesson. Cat Swain is exactly what. It, Cat Swain is exactly what she is. And I, I don't like her. Uh, and yep. I, I, Will does note that Ket Swain's plan, Rand even says Ket Swain's plan works accidentally, right? Yeah. But like. Yeah, he's aware of that. I can't, I just disagree with him here because he's like, her plan worked accidentally, so I guess I need to unbanish her. Whereas I would go, her plan worked accidentally. I need to make sure that this obstinate, willful woman does not keep doing shit behind my back and hoping that it works accidentally. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the lesson the Rand is getting she from this is like, I guess I need to keep her around. And the lesson I would learn from this is I need to actually enforce the ban so that she does not come near me. And I just, yeah. I, I just can't stand no, her. No, I, 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 yeah, I agree. And that's why I didn't like at the end of the I, last book that her, that it happens because of her plan. Because now she doesn't have to learn her lesson and she doesn't have to grow as a character. She can just keep being this force for good that's actually just a fucking nuisance. Yeah, I get, yeah, I get that. Yeah. Yeah, that's, but that's just how I feel about this. Mm. Yep. Anyways, we get to the next chapter. Uh, no, let's, we need to talk about the seals because that's the big thing here. Uh, Rand about reveals them. that he's going to break the seals and yeah. Egwene immediately is like, like I need no. to start planning. No, but he leaves yeah. and it ends with Egwene being like, I need to start working behind the scenes to stop him from doing that. Well, yeah. Because Egwene definitely understands what's going on in the world and should like th- that. This is the end of this chapter was so frustrating because Egwene does not know any fucking thing. She doesn't. Yeah. She doesn't know what's going to happen when the seals break. Like, her plan is to stop Rand from doing his plan, but she doesn't have a plan. She doesn't have an action. She doesn't have, like, she doesn't have a counter to his plan. Mm-hmm. She just wants to stop him from doing it. And I, I like, I, I find that frustrating about her as a character, is that she's now an antagonist to the main character. I don't know. I'm actually kind of interested to see how this plays out. I, like, I, everyone is behaving in, in like, an adult way that, like, makes sense for who they are as a character, mm-hmm. even though they are not in tandem. And we know that Egwene, later on, like, reaches out to yeah. the, uh, the Dar- Darlin, right? That's who it is? Yeah. Um, Darla. Uh, who we know is is chill with Rand. We know is chill with he's Rand. He's a little upset that he's not allowed, he hasn't been used to fight yet, but, like, for other sure. than that. I think that, like, I think it could be interesting for Egwene to be a little bit humbled. Mm-hmm. And, like, Egwene's going to reach out to people thinking that they're going to support her. And she gets a response that's like, no, we we, 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 we follow Rand. Like, we, we yeah. trust him. We know what he's doing. Maybe. The White Tower doesn't have any sway here right now. You're going to have to earn that back because you guys fucked up. You fell apart. Nobody respects you anymore. I think Egwene coming to terms with that is a really interesting arc and how she does come to Rand to be like, okay, what is this plan and like why? I just, I can't imagine someone walks up to you Mm -hmm. and is like, hey, so you know that Age of Legends we always talk about? Yeah. I remember it. Yeah. I know what happened. What went wrong last time is that the women didn't come with me. That's what he thinks happened. No, he knows that happened. He was there. He has the memories. No, we don't know that if it, we don't know it failed because the women weren't there. Because some people theorize that if the women had been there, the women's half of the power would also be tainted. Oh, okay. There are books that say that. Mm-hmm. Versus Randall Thor walks into the room and has memories from 3,000 years ago and is the most powerful person on earth. And all the prophecies say that he has to spill his blood at Chai uh-huh. All of these things are happening in front of you. Mm-hmm. And Egwene's response to hearing, hey, I need the women with me this time or else this is just going to happen again. Her response is no. I mean, it would be From my the... first response too. Why? I If someone came in and was like, hey, you know that thing that we all know happened before? I have the memories of it happening and I know why it went wrong. You'd be like, you're probably wrong though because I'm 19 and I'm the Amarillo seat. So I know what we actually need to do, which is I I don't have a plan. If I had lived my entire life 
believing that the only thing keeping the Dark One back from the world mm -hmm. was these seals, mm -hmm. my immediate reaction would be no as well. I'm not saying that her reaction stays that way. My initial gut reaction would be like, no. <laughs> but but he says we need to break them to reseal. Like we can't. He does can't... say that. But I, I'm just saying Egwene in this moment, this is her initial gut reaction. Whether or not she keeps to that, that's going to be a whole other thing. Yeah. I completely understand why she's like, uh, absolutely not. Right? Because she still thinks Rand might be crazy. She doesn't know that he actually knows these things, right? I, in the, no, in the POV, it, it it comes across as if she believes him. She seems surprised. Yeah. I, I, Egwene, look, Egwene just took the ambulance. She is coming to terms with a lot of shit. And then Rand comes in here and throws out, we have, like, that sounds bonkers. That sounds like a crazy person talking. Right? Like it, I think in any other situation it would. But in this one situation, it is the, he is the one person who... He explains a plan. Like, it's it's not like he just says, I'm going to break the seals, and then th that's it, right? He's like, I need you to help me reseal the boar. Yeah. But we have to break the seals. But he's like, I need you there because we have to break the seals and then reseal it quickly. And then he leaves. But that plan makes... Like, like that plan, to me, that makes sense. No, I'd be... Like, how? How? What is your plan for resealing well, that, and, the dark one? No, no, no. The how is fair. Right, but, but, but that's the, what I'm saying. You know who knows the how? The person who already did it once. See, I'm just saying. Like, the I, guy's like, I was there. I understand Egwene 100% in this scenario. She doesn't know Rand is sane. She doesn't maybe believe that the taint is cleansed. Maybe, like, she she doesn't know. I get it. I totally get her reaction in this moment. Uh, yes, but I, the, I don't mind her doubting Rand. Mm -hmm. It is her response of being like, I need to stop him. Not, we'll I need more how, information. We'll not, I'm going to show up to the meeting in a month and get more information. Like, Rand is literally like, I will tell you everything. I need to see you in a month. Mm -hmm. And Egwene's response isn't like, ooh, we should look into this. Have the archivists go through everything in the White Tower archives and see if there's anything about this. Her response isn't, oh, maybe Rand's right. Her response is, I need to stop him because... I am right. I think it's And she smart. doesn't have a plan. I think it's smart to have that contingency in case Rand is insane. But it's not a contingency to reach out to his allies to help them stop him. Yeah, it is. No, it's just going to turn Rand against her. Do you, it also is going to do that. Like, a, it a, does a both is things. so dumb here. I, I think, think so. that this is a terrible move and I think it's going to backfire on her. I think it will, yes, but I totally understand why she's doing it. I don't. I like legitimately if I if I wanted to stop somebody from doing something, the last thing I would do is mail their allies who I've never met before. She's like, hey, I know you're close with Rand. This is his plan. And I think it's wrong. Like, I, I, don't, I, I, I don't see the problem with that. Travel there and go talk to him. Suss it out. I mean, don't just send a letter nobody to King Darlin. Nobody does that. I know. But Darlin, you like mailing a letter. Sent me a letter. That looks like you are trying to work behind Rand's back. Mm -hmm. To a man who you don't know if he is Rand's best friend or not, and hoping that she that is going to work like, out for you she's is like, some such a bad close, idea. And some people think they're not close. I love Father Jerusalem summed it up. Step one, arrive. Step two, announce I'm going to break the only thing holding back Satan from taking over the world. Step three, refuse to elaborate. Step four, leave. That's fair. That is 100% fair. But I think that he does more than that. I think that he sets Step up. Back, prophet. I, I think that he's. I, th I think that he does set up enough of what it is. He's like, hey, that thing that Luce Theron did, we have to do that again, but better. I need you with me this time. I think it's this is showing Rand making the right decisions and not being able to implement them properly. If he had stayed for like ten more minutes 
But he's like, no, I have four minutes and 57 seconds, and then I need to get the fuck out of here. But but you also just said that if Rand had explained everything, it would have been like him lording it over Egwene. I think that he would need to talk to Elaine privately. I don't think him explaining his plan is lording over Egwene. I mm-hmm. think Rand being like, so while you were busy fixing your shit, this is all the stuff that happened, right? I think he could have explained his plan in that room, and I think that that would have been smart. He could have been like, look, Min has been reading okay, these things. This is the evidence that I if have. If Masana's in the room, and Rand lays out his whole plan R- to Rand one of the Forsaken. Rand doesn't know Masana's there. Yeah, he does. He no, knows he Masana's in the tower. Yeah, but he... Does he? Yeah, Rand knows Masana's in the tower. She's the one of the Forsaken he can't go after because he wanted to avoid the tower. Well, him I think then he's announcing even said that, uh, that he's uh, going to break the seals, I think, is a step too far for him. If that's his point, if 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 he's trying to like why Masana keep wants it from them Masana, the Forsaken want him to break the seals. Why? why would they stop him from doing that? The only part of the plan he has to hide is the, everything that happens after. No, he says I'm going to reseal it. Yes, but they don't know how. They also don't know where. Eh. Honestly, he might have dropped this as a trap for the Forsaken. Hey, one month I'm gonna be on this hill. Come at me, bro. Arzu, thank you for the five. Arzu, thank you for five gifted members. <laughs> I appreciate that. Chat was too great. Fair enough. Fair enough. That, that's fair. I I don't know. I think that there's like a million different ways this scene could have gone, and I think that I think that maybe not the best choices were made this entire time. Yeah, maybe it's a thing for Masana. That's totally possible. I just I think like I just I'm saying that. Totally understand Egwene's point of view here. I wish that they had taken some time together. Like, they could they could be doing so much good together. And Rand is, like, making the right steps, but just didn't go quite far enough to stay an extra couple of minutes. I just, I would appreciate Egwene so much more mm-hmm. in this if she did both. If she... Sure, yeah. If she set up the contingency to stop Rand. Yeah. And also was like, we need to look into this. Mm-hmm. It is her adamant refusal to believe that she's wrong that i think doesn't isn't in line with the lessons it felt like she had learned becoming the amerlin yeah and she has become she just became very cocky very quickly about a situation that she has absolutely no information about like i said i think that she's like this is her initial gut reaction i think that there's totally room after no because she goes back to a room and she yeah. writes a whole letter to darlin it yeah. isn't a gut reaction anymore it is it's an it's an immediate response no 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 she, she spends a day and she 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 is she's going down this path, and sure. it like I wish that she just showed a little bit of patience and a little bit of thoughtfulness because I feel like she learned those lessons from Swan mm-hmm. and she is not using them here. I just I and that's all I want from her is for yeah. her to just think about it. Yeah, and it doesn't feel like she is. She has decided that she's right and she's decided that she's going to stop Rand from doing this. And there's no room in that. And that is so much Egwene before she became the Amarlin seat. And I thought she had grown Ooh, a little bit. Egwene has always thought that she is making the right decisions. And sometimes she is making the right decisions. And that's why it's fun to watch. She always, like, sticks to her guns. That, like, that to me, that to me is bad character development. You cannot show your characters develop. And then at the first opportunity, they forget that they develop. No, she's not forgetting she developed. She's always been stubborn. She's always believed she's right. But she learned the lesson of patience and listening and and working with the White Tower under Swan. The whole point of the fucking arc of the rebels was so that Egwene went from being that girl to being a girl who is calm resolve, 
who uses her diplomacy, but but we watched her in the White Tower. That arc is her learning how to be 10 steps ahead of everybody else, not listening to them. No, we learn, no, that's not true. We watched her in the White Tower take all of these Aes Sedai Mm -hmm. and and convince them to follow her by using diplomacy, by using a kind word, by using her calm resolve. And then immediately she meets Rand and she throws all of that out the window for... To me, it feels like she's doing the same thing by just trying to get 10 steps ahead. I, it just okay, feels very in do, character. But that, but that to me tells mm-hmm. me that she's that she is not intelligent because she is not acknowledging that she doesn't have the information to be ten steps ahead. She's just making that an, an assumption. Often. I know, but we're in book thirteen. I'm just saying. I'm it saying feels that you're very much like Egwene. But your argument is that Egwene hasn't grown. No, and she has grown in other ways for sure, a hundred percent. But she has always believed that she's right. From the moment she left the two rivers, she's like, "No, I'm coming with you. I'm being stubborn about it." Like, to this moment where she's like, no, I'm right. I know, but, but you're she's... literally arguing that she... Your argument is that she has not grown. Like, your I'm argument is that she has not... Oh. Uh, other ways. But but this is a way that I feel like we've seen her grow. And then she takes such a step back in this moment. Yeah, I don't, I don't feel that way. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Brian Hudson, thank you for that super chat. Thank uh, you so much. Yes, Rand has LTT's memories, but what LTT did the, in the first place failed... <laughs> no, oh no a character in the wheel of time didn't communicate who to thunk it oh no but but Rand in this scene acknowledges he's, why it failed he says he, well he, he says that I don't know if he knows that for certain but he is very very adamant we that don't know that but but nobody else in this scene <laughs> has any leg to doubt him on it yeah sure because these are all people who don't know shit Mm-hmm. They know fucking nothing about the Age of Legends. No, I agree with you there. Rand knows so much more than all of them. Yeah. All of them combined. Rand knows how to do things with the power mm-hmm. that the Aes Sedai could not fucking fathom. And Nynaeve is in his court. She knows more about healing than any of the Aes Sedai. Like, Rand, Rand has all of the intelligence, memories, and, like, power. And the Aes Sedai mm-hmm. have cockiness and arrogance and they don't have the they don't have the information base they're literally arguing from the place of oh yeah you've done everything but we're, we're the Aes Sedai yeah. <laughs> like, but they're not even old Rand so Rand's right. intelligence and knowledge about the situation mm-hmm. are older than the Aes Sedai yeah because they've forgotten all this shit they are literally their argument is no but we we have the tower, so we should be telling you what to do. And Rand is like, yeah. you don't know what's going on. I love, I love when we're not on the same side because I, I feel like these are the these are the conversations that have kept the fandom so alive for so mm-hmm. long, right? Because because everyone has their own opinions on how they interpreted a situation or how they would have reacted, and I think I think that that's just a, a mark of really good writing. Yeah, no, and it's great. Brandon Sanderson writes this really well. Um, um, Sokar, thank you for that super chat. Uh, maybe she just got caught up remembering that boning in the end and upset she didn't get more. She's like, God damn, in that kitchen. Why can't I have sex in the kitchen it of was, my dad's house anymore? It was so good. Um, I'm going to be really interested. I don't know if we've let people know this, but we are planning on doing like a character tier live stream um, in our book club slot. Next month, yeah. Um, After Tower's Minute. Yes. After this book, we're going to do a tier list Mm -hmm. before we read the uh, Memory of Light and we do the show stuff. Um, So I'm going to be really interested to see where our differences fall and how much they change from this book to the final book. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because you know we know shit's gonna get crazy in Memory of Light. Like I think that like we are building up to a spectacular spectacular ending, and so it'll be really fun to see how the characters change 
with within you know another within like eight hundred pages. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Anyway, we should move on. We've talked this to death. <laughs> I just found I found a Gwen's lack of a plan here frustrating. Yeah, and I found it very relatable. Uh, we uh, get. I yeah. I'm. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Um. We get the pattern groans, chapter four. Uh, we can get through this one quick. Perrin is like, oh, uh, a village from the Blight got transported here. That's weird. Burn it. Cool? Good. Cool. Um, GGs. And then GGs in chat. Galad finds Basil Gill. Well, no, we we get the wolf dream. Like, Hopper's going to try and teach him. And he's like, no, I am a man. And Hopper's like, shut the fuck up. And he's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and that's kind of what happens. I, I, yeah, the wolf dream stuff, to me. I thought the hunt was cool. Is that in this chapter? I thought that no, was. No, no. I'm just saying in general. Yeah. The, the, the hunt was cool. Yeah. I haven't loved everything with the wolf dream stuff in this section, but. um. I think that I just, I really don't. I really don't know where it's going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, it feels like Perrin had a cool superpower. And now they're trying to make it a narrative. I like the cool superpower. Yeah. yeah, I like the cool superpower more than I do the, like, talking about the cool superpower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, they're trying he to make it... smelling everybody, which... Is... Yes. Brandon Sanderson got rid of all of the sniffing. Not all of it. There's still a little bit there. Yeah. Um, but no, I... Yeah, I, 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 I think that I just don't understand what the metaphor of it is. And so I just... I find it all very, I think like... we're getting there, yeah. It's like a philosophical conversation... Where I don't know what the, like, root of the conversation yeah. is supposed to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he's just in the wolf dream. I'm like, cool, Hopper's there. Yeah. And then we get Galad with yeah. the, the white cloaks again. And they find uh, Bess Gill. Oh, no, the parent thing. It kind of feels like the Avienda with the, like, inane tasks, but stretched over, like, seven books. Yeah. Where I'm just like, we've been we've been doing yeah. this for so long. That's fair. And the wolf dream hasn't gone anywhere. It hasn't, like, it hasn't changed since... In, in, like, seven books. Yeah. It just is, it's just this cycle of parent, I don't want it, okay? I don't want it, yeah. But you're going to do it anyway, um, so I, 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 it, yeah. The, the, I don't want to be the leader storyline runs out of steam really quick for me when you just, when, okay, but you, you're going to. Like, yeah. you, you're, you're not actually, he never actually walks away from I also, it. Yeah, I don't understand the line, like, uh, like, Hopper is like, you're in the dream too strongly, and then he's like, no, you need to, like, Give into it. I don't really understand what the differences are there either. So we'll figure it out. I have no idea. Anyways, Galad is going to work with the Aes Sedai. And the White Cloaks are like, no, witches. And he was like, yeah, but we need magic to be able to fight magic. So if we don't work with the Aes Sedai, we're all going to die. And people are like, oh, hmm, yes, good point. We've never thought of that before. Yeah. And then uh, they find Basil and his team. And Basil tells a pretty good lie. Pretty good lie. And but, Galad is like, that's a good lie. But Galad that's is like, but we're going to separate you all out and we're going to make sure your stories track. Uh-huh. And they find out about Perrin. Yeah. Very easy. Like, very, super quick. So, yeah. Uh, Bornhold is like, oh, you killed my father. Prepare to die. And uh, then we get um, chapter five. And we've talked this to death. We're not going to talk through chapter five. We're just going to skip to the Grendel stuff. Gawain is investigating. Yep. They, he thinks Egwene it's is, a gray man, and then he goes to Egwene with this idea, and Egwene is like, no, actually, I, it's it's not, um, there's like, there's a Forsaken in the White Tower, we're hunting a Forsaken, it's a lot worse than you think it is, so have fun. 
Uh, and uh, the Egwene reveals at the very end of it that she also doesn't want Gawain outside of her door because yeah. she might go have sex with him if she's there. So yeah. the Sylviana's spankings couldn't break me, but, but Gawain Trakand might. Gawain's dong might uh, just. That dream sex was so good. I can't stop thinking about so it. So good. Uh, but we get grained with Morden uh, at the end of the chapter. We get grained all with Morden? Uh, at the end of that chapter? Oh, the oh this chapter. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Do you think I was just making shit up? No, I thought we'd missed something. Huh? I thought there was another thing in between, but uh, yeah. Yeah, so Grandal uh, gets summoned to Morden from her uh, cave. From her cave. <laughs> Where she hides. She's like, wow, it's so easy to make people think you're predictable so that you can do the unpredictable. And I'm like... Mm-hmm. No, it's great. It it's makes great. more. It makes Grandal so scary. Yes. I fucking loved it. Yes. I like Grandal a Grandal lot here. Grandal is She's actually a, interesting. Because she seems like a competent villain, which yeah. we need. Yes. Yeah, so um, she gets summoned, and Morden is like, you fucked up. She's like, wait, I'm not here to receive awards mm-hmm. for this thing that you wanted me to do? It becomes, and he's like, what? It becomes clear really quick that the Dark One knows that Erengar died there, but not that... Um, not how it happened. N- not that um, Grendel held her in place. Yeah. Okay, so here's my theory. Uh-huh. Does the Dark One not know about the final moments of Erengar's life? Because the bale fire winked it out of existence, I so the see. only people who know what happened at the end were people who saw it happen. Yeah, and that the dark one. So because the dark one would, but that because that would imply that the dark one's knowledge comes from the pattern. Yeah, not from the dark reality. one. Is like part of the pattern somehow. So by destroying the pattern, does the dark one get destroyed? Well, no. Like, is the end of this series that they actually break the wheel? That Rand breaks the wheel because it actually gets rid of the Dark One? So they end reincarnation? Yeah. Oh. Oh! I mean, obviously, obviously no, because here's here's the thing. Because the the beginning of every book spoils the end of the series. (laughs) The wheel turns, ages come to pass. But this age... An age long past and an age yet to come kind of spoils the end of the series. We know that the wheel will continue to turn. I guess, but I don't know. In order for it to be an age long past and an age yet to come, either the beginning of every book is a lie or there's a happy ending. I don't know. I really like the idea of the the fact that they have to break the the like reincarnation aspect of this world to get rid of. They would make the beginning of every book a lie. Yeah, but I kind of dig it. Oh, I would be dig it too. I think it'd be. The, I think it. it'd be an interesting ending to get rid of to get rid of fate entirely. And, yeah, because like, otherwise, free will otherwise, yeah, the dark one would know what happened to Arangar. Like, would be present, would be able to see that moment. But yeah, if the bale fire undoes the pattern, then that means that the dark one is a part of the pattern, or at least touches the pattern. Yeah, it's interesting though. Um, I I like the uh, Grendel's manipulation of Morden here is fantastic. Yeah, he's like, wait, what? Um, and uh, we get uh, another room of magic items that the Forsaken have just been conveniently not using until now. Um, oh no, Moradin is using it. He's like, someone's already using a dream spike, whatever that is. Like, yeah. he's definitely using stuff, but it feels like the Dark One is already like talking to him in his ear, and so he can't really use it without permission. Um, <laughs> Malindio says it kind of sucks. You don't really get to know what the Dark One is about till the last chunk. I get that. That has because been... it makes this series very frustrating because I don't know what I don't know what the stakes are. Yeah, I don't really understand what the stakes are. Like obviously b- bad things, but like 
the, the specificity of the stakes of this world are non-existent and the villains aren't great. Uh, so the, the only thing that really ties these books together is how good the characters are mm-hmm. and how much fun it is to just be with them. But in terms of like the, the narrative of the good versus evil of these books is frequently just non-existent. Mm-hmm. And so it's just sort of characters existing in a world that's slowly falling apart for totally random reasons that it has nothing to do with character actions and that you're just kind of the, and that's why the slog is so slog is to me is like you're just kind of waiting because you know the end is coming but like it's not going to be now and nothing's really happening so you're just kind of like reading it to get to the point where things start happening again and when they start happening again it's great you're interested yeah. but i still don't really know what the stakes are like fuck i the, we're gonna break the pattern and i'm like that could be great that could be a bit terrible i don't know i really don't know that the dark one's wrong the Dark One doesn't represent all evil because there are plenty of evil people who aren't with the Dark One. So, like, I, I don't know what the Dark One is. I don't yeah. know what he isn't. We're book 13. I like the characters and that's why I'm here. But, like, I'm not really here for the narrative. I don't really care for the narrative. Okay. I honestly don't really care much for the narrative a lot of the time in these books. Um, I find it to be very meandering and and aimless. I, I think Perrin's trudging through the swamp is a great um, example of what I think this book doesn't do well. Which is just get characters places by having them complain about how hard it is to get characters' places. Uh, James Ross, thank you for the super chat and for the steak fund. For the steak fund, thank you. We, Nerdy loves his steak. I do love steak. Yes. We need a barbecue. I was like, we should get a barbecue, and you were like, okay, but what if we get an air fryer? And then we got neither of those things. Uh, Space Champion says that Dark One is all about lack of consent. He's not all about lack of consent. Egwene is about lack of consent. You have, you got the characters confused. Um... <laughs> And all the ice that I are about lack of consent. Honestly, most of the good guys in the series uh, have consent issues I... at some point in their relationships. So I wouldn't say most. I think most is a bit. Harsh. I guess it is more Matt's than anybody else's. Matt. But... Oh my god! Yeah. Hello. 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 You there? Hello. Hello? Oh, cool. they hung up. Rude. Um, Fucking rude. Yeah, I would actually argue the Dark One has, like... No, no, the Dark One has consent issues as well. We didn't talk about Gowan bringing up the warder thing to Egwene. And Egwene being like, that might actually be... No, we talked about that earlier. We did? Yeah, yeah when we talked about it the first time. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a good idea. It's kind of... Yeah, weird to, weird to, like, force them... But also, you're heading into a last battle, giving all your soldiers that extra, like, warder boost. It makes sense. I would be bonding people left, right, and center. I'd have 15 warders. Yeah, yeah. I would have a platoon that are just all my warders. Grant, no, because the the downside of that is if any of them die, it becomes really hard, but... (laughs) Um, Hello, it's me. What do you think a dream spike does? I have been trying to figure this out. I don't know. Cool. Somebody has one and is using it. I think it's going to trap Perrin in the wolf dream. Like, I think it's going to be... And I think it's just because the spikes from Tears of the Kingdom are on my brain and they affix you to the ground. Oh, interesting. Um, and so I just... I think that it's going to, like, trap someone in either Perrin... Well, I think it's going to be Perrin because that's who... I think that he's going to get trapped in the wolf dream. Yeah, or they... they like, M- Morden is like, I'm going to let you borrow Slayer. As well. Yeah, which who fights in the dream. Yeah. So, like, I feel like it's going to trap Perrin in the wolf dream, and he's going to have to fight Slayer while he's trapped. Who do you think has the other dream spike? Morandin does. 
No, he says someone else is using it. Like, and not that I'm using it, but like. No, he says I have two. You can have one. I thought he said someone else is using. Oh my iPad. The, like the other one is like in use right now. Uh, maybe. It's like a out a house. It's like not vacant. I don't know. I don't remember him saying that. I only remember him saying that I have two. You can have one of them. Okay, you can borrow it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Christian maybe... Rapper says, I figured what a dream spike did immediately. Good for you. You know what? Proud. Proud of you. Congratulations. Well done. See, I was right. I was right. Someone else is using the dream spike. And so I was trying to figure out what dream stuff is like kind of sus right now. Like who might be, ha who might have that and might be using it. I, I don't know. Is that what keeps Slayer? No, uh, Slayer seems like its own entity. I don't know. Me, yeah. Uh, Michael Kioski says, I wouldn't mind seeing a Dream MS Pike. Dream Miss Pike? Dream MS, I don't understand your super chat, but thank you for it. A Dream Spike? I don't. Dream Miss Pike. <laughs> um, yeah, and then uh, they look at a book that has a oh, dark prophecy. Rosamond Pike. Oh. Ah, ah, okay. I, I, did, not, I did not put that together. Nailed Did it. you just add a sound effect to our chat? Yes. Our, no, now they're going to expect production quality from the show. Well, We've done such a good job of keeping the production quality of the Nerdy Wordy Book Club to an absolute minimum. There's no segments. There's no graphics. We don't do things in time. It goes too we long. We have segments. We have smut corner. We have one segment. The cornerstone of this podcast is the absolute depravity of humanity. So, Car, thank you for that super chat. What kind of drug is put into that dream drink? Gamersups. Yeah, go to gamersups.gg and use coupon code CLARUS for 10% off. Yeah. Your energy. See, we have segments. That wasn't a segment. That was a. It's a sponsor. Yeah, see? Professional. I put out a professional beanie. Can't wait to order one. You did? Um, I did. I made a hashtag professional beanie. <laughs> yeah. We're a great company where we always know what the other is doing. Um, but uh, yeah, there's a foretelling that says that Perrin will die by the shadow's hand. Yeah. What do you think that means? That Perrin's gonna die. What? What? What do you mean? I think that Perrin will die. Yeah. And Young Bull will live. Like Perrin only exists in the dream world, and so Fael can only go fuck him when she falls asleep. Yeah. That'd be sad. I think Perrin, because I've said I've said for books mm -hmm. that I think that Perrin fights the last battle in the Wolf Dream. Yes. Um. I've said that since like book five. Yep, yep. Uh, and so yeah, I, I think that I think that this is more literal than because he's a wolf. He lives in the wolf dream forever. Yeah, and but... so I think that he like lives, but he doesn't. He doesn't live, or or he's able to step out of the wolf dream occasionally, like Slayer does. Mm. Um, but he lives in the wolf dream. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I, I think that this really does set the stakes for nerdy and for the book. Um, mm -hmm. but yeah, I love that Morden just is like, actually, I have all of the prophecies. Yeah. Uh, so that's fun. You yeah. know what I love? What? More prophecies. Honestly, I'm into it, but I just... That's one of us. I really want to know what the Dream Spike does. I want to know who has the other one, and I'm going to figure it out. I'm proud of you. Thank you. You want to know how you're going to figure it out? Keep reading. Towers of Midnight, Chapter 6, Questioning Intentions. Uh... Yeah, Morgase. 
Morgase is serving tea and she's like, wow, this is kind of complicated. There's a whole art to it. Very fun. This is my meaning in life now. Yeah, Morgase is so, fa no, fascinating in this section. No, I, I love, love Morgase because she's like, oh, I need to tell Perrin. No, I can't tell Perrin because Perrin is an active revolt against Andor. And I'm like, but he's also pretty good. He's so, not. Yeah. Perrin is also friends with Elaine. Not really. Uh, yeah, they are. They're friendly. They like met. If they lived in tier together for like three months. That's they had no scenes together. I sure, but I don't think that Perrin is like Perrin gonna go to war with. Perrin was dealing with Lane's bullshit. You think he was gonna go hang out with another woman while Fayil is like? My point is, my point is, I don't know why Morgase thinks that Perrin wouldn't immediately just be okay. Because so he if Elaine and the Rand are together, Manetherin banner. Right, right. But if Elaine and Rand are together, yeah. No, but he took down the Manetherin banner, and all he yeah. has is the wolf banner. But he still put it up, and she was like, "Well, but he did it, that." Rand. Uh, my whole thing with this is that Morgase is like. Uh, she, he's coming for Elaine, and I'm like, no, in no way, in no deed, and in definitely not in word, has Perrin ever been like, you know what, I really want to start a kingdom. Perrin is going around and be like, I don't want you to fucking do this, go away, and Wait, people can, just don't. Can someone clip the face that I made so that I can turn it into an emote for the Discord? Thank you, I Takuna appreciate probably it. probably will. Thank you. Um, yeah, no, I love that she, like, even waffles back and forth on this. Mm -hmm. She's like, yeah. yeah, no, Perrin, ooh, but also, mm, Perrin. Like, <laughs> it's, yeah, so he decides to burn... All the wolves. All the heads. wolf heads. Yeah. Um, and Which even like, Tam is like, don't do yeah, that. Yeah, maybe don't. And Fayil yeah. is like, we probably should have talked about this. And Morghese is like, wow, you probably should have talked to your wife about this. <laughs> I like Sean's comment here. Also, Elaine and Morghese can fuck off with that shit because their queendom abandoned the two rivers and left them to fend for themselves. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, they're, they're so like, no, we have to rule over that thing that we forgot about and haven't collected <laughs> taxes from in like four generations. Uh, Narcissus, thank you for the super chat. This is for the brilliant Fayil impression. Thank you. You need to do more impressions that I'm we gonna make get money. Cast. All right, now a loyal I, impression. I don't have a generous mouth, but I got the nose for Fayil. You know what I mean? If I put some filler in, I think I, I would could argue do... your mouth is very generous. <laughs> Thank you. I live to give. Um, sorry, what did you say before? <laughs> Bisexuals, happy Pride, everybody! Happy Pride! Don't forget to order the Bi Sedai and Ace Sedai. Uh, Visit our merch short. Look, they, we also have this if you haven't yeah. got one yet. It's More ads. No the show's gonna be five hours long. More ads. Um, uh, like that smash button. I do like Subscribe. the wise ones. Uh, the they br or uh, someone whatever her name is, Cianid, <laughs> one of the S names. Oh. Uh, brings up uh, maybe it's time to start linking to make bigger gateways. And the wise ones are like, we were gonna bring this up. And Perrin's like, how long have you guys known about this? And they're like, a while. And he's like, why no, no, didn't no, you she, say something? She's like, no, I thought about it, but the guys were already bitten by the snake, so I couldn't, like, tell you about it then. But, like, now I can tell you about it. Well, yeah, but first he's like, tell me shit. Yeah, and they're like, no. I didn't know that was possible. Yeah, no, that was great. I was like, yeah, why are we not making circles? Yeah, and then this scene gets Geometry. super fucking weird. Geometry is too close to math. Because Perrin calls Talonvor Morghese into his tent and is like, hey, you guys have an hour, you're getting married. married. And Morghese is like, Marie's no. Like, no, excuse me? Fuck all the way off. I'm going to need you to get all the way off my back. And I was like, uh, fair. You know what? Fair. Hey, Morghese, that's the tradition of your queendom. No, Morghese Maybe... is like, there's something you do not ever do. I know. I'm saying that, like, because she left the two rivers alone, oh. that's what they do there. Is if you're Heathens. fucking around like Heathens, this, you get forced to get married. Do you have a super chat that I don't have, or is that just? Oh, no, oh, no, no okay. it was not scrolled. Um, sorry, sorry, sorry. Oh wow. I I fucking I was like, Perrin, what are you doing, dude? This is not your job. 
No. I agree with more day. A thousand percent. I don't want to be a leader, but you're going to get married because I, I said so. I was like, what the fuck is going on It with was Karen? weird. Karen is not okay. Yeah. And Talamora gets all butthurt about it, which I understand. You know, he was put on the spot. He felt kind of awkward about it. And then she's like, no, fuck you. And he you. also definitely wanted it. He definitely wanted Talimor it. Talamora was like, I'm in. And Morgase was like, why do you think I even like this fucking loser? Look at him. He's so fucking ugly. And then he like is like. That's the case. He doesn't, out. doesn't do that. It, she uh, might as well, because she doesn't go to him. No, I know. Because she, because he's she like, oh, there's news about the white cloaks, so she, she gets, gets distracted. So Talonvor fucks off. Talonvor is gonna go join the fucking white cloaks next time we see him. He's gonna pull a Galad, and everybody Morgase loves is gonna end up being no, the fucking white cloaks. No, he's gonna go join the white cloaks, see Galad, and be like, fuck. No, Talonvor doesn't know Galad. Why would he not know Galad? He's served Morgase for years. He would know Galad. For sure. Oh, I thought Galad had already left when Talonvor arrived. No, no, no. Talonvor's okay. been around for a hot second, you know? Oh, okay, Just like okay, creeping okay. from the sidelines. For some reason, I thought um, Talonvor showed up after Elaine had already left for the White Tower. I don't believe so. I, I could be wrong. I might be remembering that timeline wrong. Yeah, we might both be wrong or who knows. Um, But that's chapter six. All right. We're almost at three hours, so we got to get going here. Chapter seven, Towers of Midnight, lighter than a feather. This chapter is not about lamb. No, I mean, it is no, for it like is, five seconds. No, no, it's lighter than a feather. We get one of my favorite lines in the book so far. Um, oh, oh, no. What? My oh. iPad's dead. I can't pull it up. But Where? one of the three idiots following him is like, oh, uh, the, um, well, you know, death is lighter than a feather. So if we're just heading towards death, this is going to be easier than I yeah. thought. Death, or, death is lighter than a feather, Land Mandragoran. Wrecking called over his shoulder. If we ride only to death, then the trail will be easier than I thought. I fucking love the Malkiri so much. I love the Malkiri. Uh, also, yeah. Rand is like, my, a friend of mine rides, earlier in the book, he's like, a friend of mine rides to Tarman Gaiden with no allies. And I was like, nah, he's fine. He's got a bunch of fucking comedians. Lan is riding around collecting the fucking cast of Mulan. This guy's got him scared yeah. to death. Hoping, Hoping to see him right through me. Now Why was it such a... that I know how to swim. Oh, is that one first? I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, this guy's got him scared to death. Hope he doesn't see right through me. Um, Why was I a fool in school for cutting, Jim? This guy's got him scared to death. No, wait, no. You're, you are. No, I you're repeated myself. Ba -ba -da -ba -da. No. Buffering. Just buffering. Just Shut up. I need to remember it. This song Hope is a part of my right identity. Me. Why was I such a fool for cutting jam? That's not it. Be a man. We you must, must be swift as a coursing river. Be a man. With all the strength of a great typhoon. Be a man. Na, 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 like a, a raging fire. fire. Strength, mysterious as the dark side of the moon. Nailed it. Nailed it. Crushed it. That's our musical segment for the day. <laughs> we have segments. We have segments. Segment. Us fucking around is not it a, is a segment. segment. Chat, it, it is a segment. It happens every time. James, thank you for that super chat. Thank you for the super chat. Impressions, songs, and epicness is why we come. Thank you. Mods keep rocking. Mods keep rocking. Mods keep yeah. rocking. <laughs> I've always hated musicals. Christian Rapper, why do you follow us? Then? Yeah, I'm so sorry. This is not. Yeah, apologies. Apologies. Apologize. Um, so yeah, we get it's Lan. Too late to apologize. Lan is riding down the road and he sees an inn and three people get up from the inn and he's like, oh, we're gonna have to fight them. Then and then they ride ahead. <laughs> and then Lan is like, wait, I know those fucking idiots. So he turns down a road and they charge to get ahead of him. And then he's like, 
Why don't what you, follow me? And they're like, when I follow you, we're ahead of you. You turned when I turned. You don't own the roads, Lan. <laughs> a king now a king could tell us to turn king. around. Yeah, yeah. But there's yeah. no king here, is we there? Would, we would listen to a king. I was fucking cackling. Howling. I want Hilarious. five books just of these five on the road with <laughs> Lan like, more and more frustrated. This is a this is a season of the show. Is just land, just being like, oh, you fucking idiots. Uh, you know, a king could tell me not to sleep right next to him inside of his like bed, and he's like, so land is just getting cuddled all night by this big guy because oh he's like, oh my god, I'm not a king, and he's like, well then I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna like gonna... slide my dick right between the cheeks there a little bit. <laughs> what? what? You've never cuddled? A, a little spoon? A little na- a nude spoon? I mean, it doesn't have to be hard. They they could be, but like the nude spoon is land's favorite uh, sword technique. The... Yeah. He does cat crossing the courtyard into the nude spoon. Wow. Uh, fucking Smut Corner keeps coming early. We should get premature You know who doesn't come early? Landman Dragoran. Wow. 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 <clears throat> Malkyrie is never early. He comes precisely when he means to. He does come precisely. Just ask Nynaeve. Nynaeve can tell you that Dan comes precisely when he means to. Uh, James Ross is right. It's called sheathing the sword. You're correct. <clears throat> no, uh, she, 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 you can't sheath the sword with another man. Why? Because they don't have a vagina. You can only sheath the sword in the sheath. The butthole is not a sheath. The butthole is not a place where the a penis is supposed to be. I mean... We do it because it's fun, if, if but it's the, not a place where it's supposed to be. If the shoe fits, like... What? Do you speak to people fucking shoes now? No. No, look, people will stick their dick in anything. If it fits, they, you know, it's, it. you know what, it's uh, fine. Anyways, so, uh, yeah. um, the two then became five, because math. Um, this scene's great. It's so good. It's, it's so ten funny. Ten. <laughs> like, everything about, everything about the land thing here is fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I love Lan, and he's so funny, and I love mm-hmm. that he is, I just love him tromping through the woods with this group of idiots. Yeah. And I hope that we meet all of the idiots that are with him, because they're fantastic. They're great, and I love them. Um, uh, yeah, it's great. Colonel Sanders says, interesting take by a bisexual. Look, I enjoy <laughs> anal sex. I'm going to be clear about this. I enjoy it. It wasn't like... It's not where it's supposed to go, and it takes work. Yeah, if you've you done it, effort into you it. You know that it's, it, look... It takes it takes some time. It's some a lot effort. of work and it's mm-hmm. a lot of cleanup. Yeah, it's just not what God intended, you which is commit. why I don't believe in God. You gotta commit um. to it. <laughs> commit to the bit. Uh, in German, sheath and vagina are the same word. Yeah, that's true. I'm just gonna start calling my vagina a sheath now. That's what it is. I love it. It's a sheath for my blade. God damn it. I hate it here. Uh, anyways, uh, Galad is like, oh. I want to look. Wait, how many people left the book club because of this conversation? Mm-mm, no, no. No, there's there's, there's like ten who... to fifteen percent of our audience that does not like when we talk about sex stuff, even though they read The Wheel of Time and somehow thought this was a prudish they, novel they series. They got here. Uh, and yeah. then we get then we get one of the first times in this whole series where switching between points of view within a chapter is done with like intentionally. Not intentionally, but like with with some art to it. Like usually, mm-hmm. it's just like, and here's another random thing. Yeah. This was like the rest of this chapter, while kind of bland in that nothing really happens. The the artistic way in which nothing happens was actually really fun to read. We love the artistic way in which nothing happens. Um. Yeah. I. I know. I thought it was actually really cool. The ping ponging back and forth. Mm-hmm. You know, getting little bits of information and how people are dealing with that. Very cool. 
basically Galad comes to the conclusion that Perrin is a dark friend and needs to be dealt with, and then Perrin is like, oh shit, our people are over there, we're gonna have to do whatever it takes to get them back. Yeah. So nothing could possibly go wrong, because we think we know how but it yeah, ends. yeah, Bayer really wants to kill Perrin. Yeah. Because he is 100% certain that Perrin killed Jeffrey Bornhold, which Perrin no, no, didn't no, no, no. do. No, Bornhold is convinced that, that he killed his dad. Bayar is upset at Perrin because Perrin killed a bunch of White Cloaks and, like, That too, escaped. the two White Cloaks on the road, yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it's, yeah, like, it, that's why Bayar is upset with him, and then Bornhold is like, you killed my father, prepare to die. Even though it wasn't really Perrin that did that, it was the Sanchen? Um, Sean, Sean says, as opposed to the unartistic slog about my comment about the switching, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that the use of, um, they're, they're, the use of switching point of views in this series has never really been creative. It's always just been functional. Yeah. This was the first time in the series as a whole that I felt like the switching between, between POVs to tell this, the, the parallels between how Perrin and Galad get to this conflict. Mm -hmm. This was an artistic use of that thing. I'm not saying there's nothing artistic about the slog. There's plenty of artistic writing in there. There's plenty of beautiful writing. The the art of using the switching between POVs has never been used like this before in the yeah. series. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not comparing this to the entirety of the writing. I'm just saying about this one particular thing. Yeah. Previously, they've just kind of switched POVs to like get through the narrative in this particular way. Right. And this was very different. Yeah. Um, and I, I really liked the, the way this was used here. 100%. It was really cool to see. Because we see um, Perrin is led by his advisors basically to, I want to parlay and I want peace. Yeah. And Gilad, who probably started out in that place, yeah. is led away from that to, so they kind of are like ships passing in the knife, in, in the knife. The night. Night. What did ships. I say? Knife. What did I say first though? Knife. What the fuck is wrong with I, my I, head? It's fine. You so, know what? Good. The, the 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 ships passing the night um intellectually. Yeah. And emotionally. Yes. It's interesting. And it's Nailed well done. It. And I think that this chapter was really well written. Yeah. Um and I just want to um I just want I want to get to it. I, I know, I'm like, the... I, I really want to like pick up the book when we're started when we're done book club. But I'm I, I I looked at the symbol for the next chapter, and so I think we're gonna have to wait a bit for a resolution. Anyways. Samantha A, thank you for that super chat. Thank uh, you. Samantha says, now I need an AU where land sheathing the sword lesson with Rand was really a birds and the bees talk. That was our smut corner. Yeah. During the, we that was that was what we said about it when it happened. Yeah. We were like, this is just this is smut corner. Yeah, hundred percent. Uh three and super chats that aren't. My the up. chat's not working. Oh. I keep having to close and open okay, it. Okay, okay. For some reason on mobile, it like the chat is not. Three Arangos, thank you for joining the Narcs. Thank you, welcome to the Narcs. Um, but yeah, so Perrin wants to parlay and Gilad wants to fight, and we know which one happens. So I wish that the timelines hadn't been messed with the way that they had. I get that they wanted like the the like climax for some of the storylines in the previous book, and I understand why it happened. Yeah. Um, but in terms of this week's reading, which I mostly really really enjoyed, um, even the stuff I was frustrated with with Egwene is well written. Right? Yeah. I hope people didn't come out of that thinking that I think it was poorly written. I think it's all well written. I think the stuff with Gawain is well written. It's just frustrating, but yeah. it's, I think it's supposed to be frustrating. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't feel like I was frustrated for the wrong reasons. Mm -hmm. um, but I did find the timeline stuff frustrating in for the wrong reasons. Mm -hmm. um, and I understand why it happens in this, and I get it. I'm not like holding that against anybody. It's just the the thing that is holding this back from being as good as Gathering Storm to me, right. which was one of my favorite books in the series. Granted, it's the first seven chapters. We got a long way to go. There's, that could all change. There's many more words yeah. here. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Do we want to know how chapter eight starts? 
We don't usually do that, but yeah, if you want. Do we not? I don't know. I, I don't know what our segments are. We don't have segments. Okay, chapter eight, the seven striped lass. <laughs> <laughs> Hot. You know what that made me think of? What? Do you know what a rainbow party is? <laughs> yes, no. unfortunately. Have you been to a rainbow party? No. They're fun. I'm sure they are. Um, anyways, Matt sat on a worn stool, his arms leaning against a dark wooden bar counter. The air smelled good of ale, smoke, and of the washcloth that had recently wiped the counter. He liked that. <laughs> the way you just said, he liked that. That, what a weird, there was something calming about a good rowdy tavern that was also kept clean. Oh my god. Well, clean as was reasonable anyway. Nobody liked a tavern that was too clean. That made a place feel new, like a coat that had never been worn or a pipe that had never been smoked. What is Matt smoking? <laughs> All right, so high-low is a segment we do where Clarice says her high, I say my low, uh, she says her low, I say my high, because we compliment sandwiches, beesh. Because uh, that's what my family did growing up around the dinner table. It was the way that we celebrated each other's highs, commiserated over each other's lows, and got closer as a family. Clarice and I are on the verge of divorce, and we're trying to get closer by doing high-low every week with book club. Yeah. Yeah. Because we don't want to get divorced, mostly because it is very expensive. Am I think I it would... close enough yet? No, you need to be inside of me. Inside of you. We can, we can arrange inside that. Inside of you. How I long to be all up inside of you. What? Have you ever seen Forgetting Sarah Marshall? Uh, we watched it. Yeah, that's the song he sings. Yeah, I don't remember that. Clarice, what's your high? In the backyard. Remember? Oh my god. So this was during COVID. My mom got a projector for her birthday because she wanted to do movie nights in the backyard. And the first movie we watched as a family in the backyard was Forgetting Sarah Marshall. And we had the volume cranked up. And so it was like 10.30 on a Wednesday night, I think. And we get to the competing sex noises scene where they're just screaming sex noises. And my mom is like trying, she runs up to the projector and is trying to figure out how to turn this sound off because all of our neighbors. <laughs> they, there was, it's like a bunch of connects in backyards. Yeah, yeah, it was, uh, it was awkward. Oh, it's the funniest fucking shit in the world. It's great. Oh, my poor mother. Uh, Happy birthday, time. mom. Um, what? That was her oh, birthday. Oh, her birthday. It was, was like, literally on her birthday we did that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, anyways. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh, wow. Good times. What was your high? My high for the section, um, I think was like the moment in, uh, w with the apples where. How about them apples? How about them apples? Mm -hmm. uh, where he sits down and he's like, this is the end. <laughs> like, he's like, Ed, we're fucked. Yeah. I'm gonna go see my wife again, I guess. And then Rand shows up and just like brings this bit of hope to a person who like they they knew one another, but like not really. Like I just thought that it was played so well. The moment of like the pits of despair, yeah, to the heights of like of 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 hope for a future moving forward, which is what Rand has been missing. Right? He thinks he's gonna die. He thinks fuck the world after I'm gone. It doesn't matter. I just need to see the world through the last battle. That moment of giving hope to the people for a future 
while he's still here mm-hmm. was, I think, just so important for his character. And uh, I felt that in my gut. So that is my high for this section. Um, my low is obvious. Yes, my low. Cat Swain. Miranda's going to end Cat Swain's exile. Yeah. Boo! Send her to help Lan. <laughs> she can die at the fucking Tarwin's Gap Tooth with... Yeah, Ketsman, you want to help me? You can uh, You can go hang out with Lan. That would be so infuriating for What's Ketsman. What's your low? <sighs> and for Nynaeve. Nynaeve would be so pissed that oh Ketsman is I with know. Lan and she isn't. My low is kind of the the confusing nature of what Perrin is supposed to be learning right now. Yeah. Of like, you were here too strongly, but you need to be one of us and they do the hunt. And then, no, if you die here, it's permanent death. So we like fake hunt. It was just. But we also like hunt the deer, and if the deer dies, it dies here. But that means that our deer in the wolf dream. Yeah, I'm just not quite I, yeah, I sure that. that I understand all of that. I'm hoping it becomes clear, but it's kind of my low because it's like ah, I don't really get it. Uh, Ellie Eli Klein says, uh, "I believe I just heard that Nerdy wants the Dark One to show what the stakes are. A thousand percent. Yes. I would love to know what the stakes of this world are. Uh, my high is tough, but it's gonna be Keemlin. Good little boy." 14-year-old yeah. broke me in a Starbucks. <laughs> broke That boy broke me in a Starbucks. Yeah. And I wept. Yeah. And people that, looked at me funny, and I'm okay with that. Because that was beautiful. this show uh, is um, my favorite part of the week. So I will cry in a Starbucks for you, chat. But only <laughs> for you, and not for this one, because she's a bully. True. I mean, I beat you at the beginning of this episode, <laughs> so... I didn't think that was that funny, but... Uh. <laughs> I just didn't see it coming. You did, though. You hit me so hard. I'm I was sorry, fine. It didn't I hurt know. that much. It was just... So bad. It was the hardest you've ever hit me, and so it was just surprising. So I think it just, like... You're not a very aggressive person, so anytime you show any aggression whatsoever, I'm like, what is happening? I, I don't even feel like I put that much effort in. I think I just got a weird angle and, like, and a really flat... you got me, like, right punk. on the... Yeah. Yeah. It, it was just, just weird. It just was bad all around. Um, um, all right. So, chat, if you like this video, like, subscribe to the channel. If you don't, hit the dislike button. Leave me in comments down below, because the algorithm got us hungry, and we must feed her this episode... The algorithm goddess is. It's not a Gwen. No. Grandel. Grandel got really interesting, and I'm like okay. actually excited to not not for her to like win, but for her to like score a win against Rand. Yeah. I think that Grandel Grandel's got some brains going on, and I I find that exciting. Yeah. 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 I yeah I'm I'm gonna agree with you there. You can follow us around the internet. I'm at Nerdy Nightly. I'm at Clarice Polaris. Leave a five-star review on Apple or uh, Spotify, and we'll read whatever you want to write. So go do that on Apple Podcasts in particular, not just on Apple. I think if you leave a five-star review for us on Apple.com, that will go nowhere. Uh, <laughs> but uh, they have new MacBooks, and if you want to buy me one, send it to our P.O. Box. We have a P.O. Box down below where you can send us anything. Yeah, send um, us a MacBook. Yeah, send us a MacBook. Send us, uh, like, Australian candies you want us to eat on stream. I want to do, like, a, a around-the-world, like, candy taste test we have so a, bad. Uh, we have a company that's going to be sending us some uh, Japanese candies. Snacks. Soon to do a test for them. I wanted to also do a taste test of all of the um, Girl Scout cookies because I've never tried any of them, but we'll have to figure that out. Um, uh, now's a good time to mention that we're doing the roleplay relay. Go support that. Uh, Colonel Sanders, thank you for uh, just backing the replay just now. What? We are currently uh, just a little uh, $660 away from our stretch from goal. From our first stretch goal. Let's go. Let's go, guys. So thank you to everyone who's supporting that. Thank uh, you. We're so thank excited you. to bring you the roleplay relay. Yeah, yeah. I'm so excited to bring you all into the world of Felrosia. 
uh, introduce you to the characters whose names I don't know yet because you can name them if you go to the the Kickstarter. Um, so I'm yeah, excited yeah. to work with all the people who have been donating uh, and naming characters. Uh, and we'll we'll get into those names soon. And I can't wait to meet all the characters you want to build for us. But for now, it's time to talk about Sex Baby. Let's talk about you and me. It's Smut Corner. Smut Corner. Goodbye, prudes. I'm sorry that this this episode was extra sexy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We talked about anal sex. Yeah. Um, Not sorry about it. We talked about um, we talked about land Sheathing nudes spooning with uh, the men on the road. Yeah. So you add know, a add a smut corner. You you know that like Galad just fucking went ham in that tent with a bunch of naked men, right? Like oh, they've been on the road for so yeah. long. They're, they just, oh, yeah. they're uh, hot and heavy. Plus, they had just, like, fought Asunua, so, you know, everyone's blood's pumping. They're all, like, slightly, like, half hard, and then Galad stands up, and he's naked, and everyone just gets full masked. Like, there and was no the, way. The, the sex scene ends with the camera panning to Asunua's head, and, like, you see all of the sex happening, and it just pans on the horrified look on Asunua's decapitated head. You can see the reflection yeah, yeah. in his eyeballs As they the just orgy. have, like, this crazy gay orgy where he can see. <laughs> Um, good times, good times. Where else could you put Smut Corner in this week? Oh, the the men of Heath Tower boning it out one last time before the Trollocs come. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Just splitting each other open. <laughs> They're like, if we're gonna die, might as well uh, have a They're good They're like, time. we have three things in Heath Tower. Weapons, food, and lube. Get to it, boys. <laughs> the lube is very important. Don't forget yeah. the lube, okay? Yeah. Um, we also have, uh, uh, what else do we got? I don't know. I feel like Perrin's like wolf dream probably gets real kinky. Did you, you know? see the TikTok that was going around this week of the there was a safari, like an in cage safari, and the two lines get on top of it and then they just start fucking like literally like this close above people's heads. No, I didn't. And see so that. the video's from the other truck and there's just people against the bars while this lion is like fucking like pounding away and they're just like ah! Yeah, I would I would hate that. I don't know what would come like falling on my head. Like I don't Yeah. Yeah, no. Mm-mm. Uh, Colonel Sanders, please mm-hmm. don't use butter as lube if you're having sex with a woman. If you're having sex with a man, you can kind of get away with it. But uh, don't put butter in your vagina. That is uh, how you get a yeast <laughs> infection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. pH balance. You gotta, you yeah. gotta, you know, take that into account. So, um, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you think? Do you think Grandel masturbates with the dream spike? Um, Grandel seems like the kind of person who like lives by anything can be a dildo if you try hard enough. Probably, yeah. Do something nerdy tonight, and thank you to our mods. Bye, everybody. God damn it. Farewell. (laughs) Farewell. Why are you saying that like it's the last book club? It's the last book club.